You're listening to the Covino and Rich Best of the Week podcast. Want to hear more? Tune in to Covino and Rich live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and catch them 24-7 on demand with the SiriusXM app. Not a SiriusXM subscriber? Sign up now at SiriusXM.com. Covino and Rich, only on SiriusXM's Faction Talk 103. There he is. He's What's like up, YouTube Dr. Dr. Phil, welcome Look to the show. Yeah. What's going on? You're talking about me in front of my back. I know. I in know. front of your back. Welcome to our show, Cavino right. and Rich. We've been on almost as long as you, 15 years, oh, yeah. our 15th wow. year. And it's amazing how time flies. I feel like we've known you forever, but never met you until this second. <laughs> well, great. Do I need these? Hey, yeah. You want All right. I got them on. You should be used to those. You have a podcast now. Yeah, I, I, I use earphones. I'm... Like almost radio, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe we could give you some tips. <laughs> Listen, I'll take all the advice I can get. Trust me. No, it's a pleasure having you here, Doctor Phil. With a guy like you, we don't even know where to start, man. We have so many questions. Well, why don't you start with your your hardest hitting question of all? You you wondered if Doctor Phil actually has a hamper. Like, do you do normal things? Does Doctor Phil throw his socks in a hamper every night? Absolutely, I do. I've been married forty two years, so I am coachable. Okay. <laughs> I do what I'm told when I'm told. Do you do them like three-point shots like I do? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. See? I told you. Do you tie them uh, in a knot or do you fold them? Uh, when I put them in the hamper? Yeah. Usually, uh, yeah, I fold them like a little ball. Yeah. Throw them right in there. No, yeah. I tie them in a knot because oh. I like to see the star going around. Oh, nice. Nice. Just uh, yeah. like propeller style. Yeah, I told exactly. You. All right. Dr. Phil, at Dr. Phil is here on the Cavino and Rich Show. And uh, like I said, I do have so many questions for you. You know, you've been doing this a long time. How often do you get to the gym and, and maintain? That's that's a question I have on. Do you have a personal trainer? Is that a big priority in, in your life? You know, it is. I'm um I have a tennis court at my house and here's and I've done this for a long time. I work backwards. I tell my staff, I will do whatever you want me to do until like four o'clock. I work backwards. You want me to shoot four hours? Fine. Five, six, seven, I don't care. But at four o'clock you're in my rearview mirror because I got an appointment with myself. I'm going to be on the tennis court, and I play seven or eight times a week. Wow. And then I have a trainer come in on days that I'm not taping. Uh, I have a trainer come in who is a just a pain merchant and kills me in the gym. I have a gym at my house, and I, I work out there. I do Pilates. I do weights. I've got a bike. Peloton thing. Oh, you have that. Yeah. Yeah. See, but you you seem to do that in the comforts of all your, of your home, which is awesome. Because I was thinking about it when I was in the bathroom right now. Anywhere Doctor Phil goes is sort of a story. Like even if he used the bathroom here and some random guys in there. Yeah, don't be goes, thinking about me in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah. I, I that guy has a, that guy has a story now. He where he's like, story. yeah, guess what? I was uh, I was in the office building today and uh, I was guess, in the bathroom with Doctor Phil. Guess who I saw in the bathroom? Is Dr. that a, is that a weird level of fame you're at where everyone knows who you are? Well, it is, and I, I, I tell you, it's, <clears throat> it's because I look like I do. Right. I mean, look, I've been bald since I was twelve, <laughs> and in you're Hollywood, like, wait, you're like Charlie Brown. In Hollywood, nobody looks like this. Right. Everybody looks like Johnny Depp. Nobody looks like this. I've seen better heads on a circus stake. Well, Kid <laughs> Rock looks like you, according to the yeah, memes. Yeah, well, recently. that's true. Yeah. Uh, so I do stand out, and when you're in people's living rooms every day, they think they know you. Exactly, So yeah. when they see you, it's like, hey, you know, come on. Uh, the strangest request I think I ever had was in an airport. I was walking through the airport 
in Kansas City, a woman came up and said, you've got to do me a favor. I said, what? I've been telling my family forever that we are related. You are my cousin. And we're having a family reunion at the Lake of the Ozarks. You've got to come and act like you're my cousin. She was dead serious. I was going to leave the airport, <laughs> and drive to the Lake of the Ozarks to attend her pie supper reunion and pretend to be her relative. No, no. yeah, he must get requests all the time. Yeah, like, yeah, can no. you say hi to my mom? You know, my my mom always talks about Doctor Phil's eyes are so blue. He's got the blue. <laughs> That's my mom, Hortensia. She's a she's a big fan, Doctor Phil. Well, you tell her I said hello, and and I listen. Fans are really hard to come by. I never turn a fan down. I have never, I've never turned down taking a picture. I've never turned down signing an autograph. Or whatever. But when I the whistle mean, blows at four, you have your personal yeah, time. You don't so that's ask, really how it works. You don't want to ask me at four. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So since you give advice all the time, right? That's what we know you from, giving advice. We always joke, patterns. Yeah, always no, I, patterns. I, feel like, I feel like so many times people's problems go back to some type of, as you would say, patterns, patterns. Pa- a lot of patterns people have, huh? Right. I mean, you don't do anything over and over and over if you don't get a payoff for it. So... If you want to understand why people do what they do, you got to figure out what their payoff is. Because mm-hmm. you don't do anything if you don't get a payoff. How many times do you stick your hand in a blender? That's one trial learning. You don't get a payoff for that. So things that you repeat, you are getting a payoff or you wouldn't do them. When a fork falls into the uh, garbage disposal, I'm so nervous every time. <laughs> I'm, is, is it unplugged? I get so nervous about that. But I'm wondering, were you always that guy giving advice? Like even when you were a younger guy, were your friends, your high school pals, were you the guy that your friends turned to with, with uh, girlfriend problems, with, with any issues they had? Was Dr. Phil the guy? You know, I'm not that guy now. You're not? Yeah, it, it, but you with friends, to be that guy. But with friends, mm-hmm. and out, I'm the last guy to weigh in. You'll be at a, we'll be having dinner, and somebody say, "Oh, they're getting a divorce here. Or they're getting there." Everybody's got an opinion, but me. So you mind your business? I don't say shit. Right, <laughs> right. No, okay, I get it. But when you have the microphone, and I'm when they tell the truth, to. and it ain't gonna be what they want to hear. So I hear I'm better that. off to shut up, and eat my dessert. Right. By the way, Doctor Phil, we're just getting uh, through the holiday season. Is it? Is it just the fact that every family has their own set of problems, and anyone that anyone that appears perfect is sort of uh, full of shit? To be honest, I feel like everyone everyone's got something going on, right? Oh, of course. I mean, you're not a family if you don't have problems. You don't know each other if you don't have problems. And I, I'm, uh, I've been real careful over over 17 years on the air that I do not hold myself out as an icon. I, I got my dad was a bad alcoholic. I was in a violent home. I got two older sisters that were married 11 times between them. Oh, my God. I would not book my family on right. the show. We would be beneath the brand. Right. So Dr. <laughs> Phil has his problems. But who does a Dr. Phil turn to, you know, to talk these things out? People are so used to coming to you with their situations. You know, who do you talk to? You're smart mm. enough and, and capable of figuring these things out, but you have to talk to somebody. If I had problems, right, which, right. I, of course, I don't. Right. Yeah. Uh, no. Listen, my wife is very sage. I mean, I've been married 42 years. We've been together 45 years. And, you know, she's a very wise woman. And I, my life is different, I think, in some respects. I've had the same secretary for 45 years. I've had the same accountant for 45 years. 
I've had the same executive producer for 17 years. I've had the same supervising producers for. I've had the same seven cameramen for 17 years. We, wow. People stay, and so, I'm seeing a pattern here, Doctor. Yeah, <laughs> I've got people around that you know tell me the truth, right? And you that know, keeps I've, you humble. I've got really good friends that have been friends for 40 and 50 years that uh, knew me when. You know, Robin and I were first together. If it wasn't for two for one burger bucks, one of us would have starved. And so we have known each other when. And wow. it, it's real good to have people that keep your feet on the ground. Dr. Phil, we're talking about that turning point where someone goes from on their on their hustle, really, you know, trying to make it, trying to make it to that one moment where you say, oh, this this is all coming together. For you, was that? Before you met Oprah and that all went down, or was it was there a point after that where the the books kept just one after the other were a success? When was the point where you said, "Wow, the, I, I'm at the next level of success"? People people know who I am. I'm making all this money. When was that? Well, you know, people love to think about some kind of rags to riches story where I met Oprah and you know the my world became my oyster. Yeah. Um, and listen, there is no way that you can overestimate the O factor. Uh, and that's a thing, by the way. Yeah. It should be in the dictionary, the O factor. Mm -hmm. uh, because the ripple effect of of having Oprah support you in whatever you're doing is really, it's, it's, it's inestimable. Uh, but I was very successful before I met Oprah. That's how I met Oprah. I, yeah, because you worked I, with her on, had, on her um, case, right? I had a company called Courtroom Sciences, which is a trial science company. And you know, when I met her, uh, we represented all the networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, and Fox. We represented every airline in the world. We represented half of the Fortune 100. Uh, we were very successful in that regard. And uh, so I, I was doing fine. I didn't. I had no desire to be on television. I had I had never given an interview. We did the highest profile cases uh, in American jurisprudence, and I had never given a single interview. Had no interest in giving an interview uh, when I met Oprah. So that wasn't in the plan. But Oprah has a way of changing plans. Right, uh, right. It's uh, amazing to think that you you know obviously a super successful guy before that, never thinking because at that stage when you think about it. You're you're my dad's age. You and my dad are the same age. And to think that, oh, too, when when that's <clears throat> when your show started, right? And before that, the years when you met Oprah, you were you were a grown man, su already successful, never thinking you'd be a, f a familiar face to everyone in America. Yeah. In fact, you know, people would come to me at trial because, like I said, we did big trials yeah. where there was a lot of media coverage, and. You know, I did jury selection. I worked with the lawyers, and I was very visible at some of these trials. And people would, you know, Porsche come up and say, you know, who are you? And my answer was always the same. I, I'm not even here. I just turn and walk away. I never even answered. I never gave my name. I never said anything because I didn't want to be known. Right. Uh, and then to go from there to, for a guy that never wanted to be on television – to not be able to stay off television yeah. is, I mean, it's it's ironic. Do you really. do you miss that life though? So, Doctor Phil, he had the success without the fame. Now he's got the fame, familiar face, and everything. Do you miss the life of being able to go to Seven Eleven and and do normal guy things? You know, at times you do, but most of the time, look, I, 
Yeah, I hate these people that work to get famous and then act like they don't like that. Right, right. Uh, that, that's why I said, you know, fans are hard to come by. That's why I've never said no. I mean, come on. Who, who do these people think they are? Because let me tell you, it's hard to leave a footprint in a moving stream. You can get forgotten just as fast as you got discovered. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I really respect the fact that people take time to listen to what I have to say or to watch the show or whatever. So I, I no, I, I, there are times that you, and Oprah gave me a, two great pieces of advice when I started out. Oh, let me said, write this down. One, okay. She said, number one, use the media. Don't let the media use you. Um, I like it. Yeah, so I'm going to use you guys today Perfect. to yeah. promote my podcast. They're talking about all this bullshit. Right, right. Uh, oh, by the way, by the, by yeah. we watched the uh, the little sizzle reel you have yeah. in the podcast. Looks, fa- I, yeah. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. No, and and the other thing is, she said, if you don't feel like it on a given day, just don't go out there. Wait. So if you don't feel like engaging, if you don't, if somebody comes up to you and you're not in the mood. To be gracious and to be nice, just don't go out there. I've because, always said that. Because if you're you, giving Oprah all the credit, if you don't, if if you if you put somebody off, you reject somebody, they're gonna tell everybody they meet for the rest of their life. Yeah. And if you're gracious and warm and kind, they're gonna tell everybody they meet for the rest. Yeah, of their no life. one can say Doctor Phil's a dick because he's nice all the time. <laughs> right, right? Right. Hey, oh, they apply? still say it. But they, <laughs> does that apply in relationships too? Let's say you got a date or something, <clears throat> Doctor Phil. But you're just not feeling a hundred percent. Do you do you sit it out that night, or do you go out anyway because you made those plans? Yeah, if you can't if you can't treat people with dignity and respect, and you can't always do that because sometimes mm-hmm. you can't give what you don't have. I mean, if you're just down, you're consumed with something else. You ought to take yourself out of the game instead of walk on somebody's feelings. You know, I couldn't agree more. To be honest, Rich and I debate this often. Uh, I agree. Dr. Phil is here on the Covino and Rich Show. He's often right. But do you ever admit when you're wrong, Dr. Phil? Because you're the guy who's in control. It's your show. You're giving advice. Do you ever look back at the shows or even in life and say, you know, I was I was wrong about that? Well, I don't usually have to admit it because when I'm wrong, it's real obvious. <laughs> when you, and then you get the feedback. Yeah, when America's watching and you screw it up, yeah. everybody's grading your paper every day. Uh, but in my private life, of course I do, because, uh, like I said, I've been married 42 years. So you're reminded right away. Yeah, I got somebody grading my paper at you home. Know what? Tell, wow. tell us this secret, then. Dr. Phil hanging out with us on the Covino and Rich Show. Again, he's got the new podcast. 42 years. You know, if you're in a relationship nowadays, 10 years, that's a, a huge success. Yeah. I, you know, give us some advice there. You know, professionally you've done it, but personally you, you've maintained it. What is the secret <clears throat> to keep a healthy relationship there? Well... First, understand when your wife says what, it isn't that she didn't hear what you said. She's given you a chance to change what you said. It's a good one. Okay. Now, listen, here, here's the thing. You, you've got to understand, We people ask us if we fight. Everybody has disagreements. Of course. But we don't let things stack up. And we have an understanding, and that is when we have a disagreement, our goal is not to win. Our goal is to be heard. And because think about it, if you win, somebody loses, right? Think about it in high school when you're playing football, yeah. it says crush the tigers, you know, smear the whatever. 
if there's a winner, there's a loser. So if you're in a fight with your partner and you win, you're now married to a loser. Right. And what's a loser feel like? You don't like that. So what we do, and we've done this in the beginning, we sat down and talked about it. I'm going to say what I say, and I want to be heard, and you understand it, and then I'm going to let you do with that whatever you want to. And if across time you tend to come around to try and make me happy, and I tend to come around and try to make you happy, then this is going to work. And if it doesn't, it ain't going to work. Speaking of, of winning and losing, Dr. Phil, we were watching some of the highlights of your podcast. Do you feel as an interviewer, as a guy who hosts a show, do you feel sometimes when, when, when the tears come on the interviews that you sort of won? Because I was watching some of the clips, and I'm like, look at it, he's making people cry on his show. Yeah, you know, to me... Because our goal was to make you cry today. So far, we're not... No, no. <laughs> more of a casual hang today. Next time, we'll make him cry. <laughs> I could be crying inside. And you have no idea. Yeah, we don't even know. No, you know, what you're looking for is somebody to get honest with themselves. And you know, if that brings tears, it brings tears. To me, that's no measure of success. What's a measure of success is somebody says... I never thought of it that way, or I get it. I get it, because if they got it, they wouldn't be there. Right. So what you're wanting them to do is say, oh, Jesus Christ. And you know what? Some of the most hard-headed guests I've ever had don't get it, but everybody at home does. I get all this mail that says, you know, that hard-headed bitch didn't get it, but I heard myself in him I'll never say that again. Right. Well, so some of the most hard-headed guests are the best teaching tools. They turn out to be best of all. You get a lot of thank yous, Dr. Phil. We were, we were thinking about this on the way in today. We're like, I bet you Dr. Phil, he's helped so many people that he must get a bunch of random feedback over the years like, oh, guess who reached out? That couple I helped two years ago. Or that, hey, that person changed their life around. And uh, you get a nice little letter or something. I do. I, I, I get a lot of those. And you know what really is meaningful is when you get thank yous of people that weren't on the show that you'll see somewhere and they'll say, you were talking to this couple about custody fights and it changed what we did in our custody situation and now we both have a great relationship with our children and that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't watched the show, so thank you. That's where you really feel like you're making a difference. Hey, Dr. Phil, you got you got grown kids. How do you feel like parenting is now compared to when you were raising kids in the 80s and 90s? Totally different yeah, because, like, you know, right now, you know, used to be you would see a girl, a, a guy would see a girl, and so you'd kind of talk to her a little while, then you'd go on a date, and then, you know, it would move along at a, at a different pace. Now everything is hyperspeed. Right. And mm -hmm. our kids, when I was growing up, there were three TV channels. And we were watching Lucy and Desi <laughs> and Kitty and Matt Dillon. We're still waiting for Matt to kiss Kitty. Right. And when Rob and Laura Petrie went to bed, they slept in twin beds and they were in snowsuits. Right. They <laughs> footed pajamas. Right. Now our kids at 12 or 13 are seeing explicit sex scenes on network television before they're emotionally developed to know how to handle it. So they're jumping over the development part and going straight to the physicality, and they're not mature enough to do it. So the problems are completely different. When I started my show, the first text had not been sent. There was no Facebook. Yeah, there right. was no Twitter. They couldn't self-destruct on social media like they can yeah. now. 
totally different set of challenges. Kids are exposed to things way too early. We're parents and we see that now. So are, they, are, are you they, supposed are, to shield the kid then? Are, 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 but, but then again, people, I feel like sometimes kids are rewarded for this crazy, crazy behavior. In fact, uh, some of the guests on your show, crazy behavior becomes it makes you a star sometimes. Yeah, we know what you're talking yeah. about. And let's not honor it by saying the name. Yeah. But that was an unintended consequence, and I, which I hate. I take no credit for it. I don't want any credit for it. It was, it was a I, I, I right. Think you couldn't plan that. It, it, it was, to, it was a big failure to me. You, you say, do, do I have things that don't work? That did not work. I, I, I sent this, this, this young person to a rehabilitative ranch for four months, and she did great until she spent one night home with her mother, and then the whole thing comes yeah. unravel. So. I do things sometimes, and they don't work. In fact, the pendulum swings so far the other way that they wind up worse off than before they got there. Uh, so, no, it doesn't always work, uh, and I and I hate that. But you know what? You do the best you can with what you have at the time, and you hope that it gets traction. Well, 17 years of, of your TV show, giving great advice for years. Yeah, yeah, you do really well with that. What inspired the podcast? <clears throat> Dr. Fill in the Blanks. Yeah, yeah this is Fill in the Blanks, and... I did it for a very specific reason. You know, we've been talking about what I do on Dr. Phil, and I'm not talking about myself in the third person. It's not really no. the Dr. Phil show. It's Dr. Phil. And there I deal with the fact pattern in front of me, the case in front of me, the problem in front of me, the, the challenge in front of me. And what I wanted to do was be able to talk to people who didn't have their hair on fire you know, somebody that wasn't in crisis, just talk to interesting people about interesting things. Right. Completely and, different thing. Yeah. And so the podcast, I didn't want to do it instead of what I'm doing because, let's face it, that works. It's necessary. Yeah. People, I'm, I'm delivering common sense, usable information to people's homes every day for free. That's a great thing to do. I don't want to stop doing that. But I wanted to do this in addition to that. So now I get to talk to people that, I find interesting, and I think others will find interesting, just about interesting things. That's what I did with you know, my first episode that drops today is Shaq. And I did not talk to Shaq about basketball. Right. Everybody talks to him about basketball. Man. There's a thousand interviews about basketball. I want to talk to him about Icy Hat. You want to talk to him about his, uh, what he does with his socks. <laughs> I, I, I did talk to him. I talked to him about growing up. I talked to him about what he what it was like growing up as a huge kid. Right. He talked about the fact that he never learned to read till he was in the ninth grade. Well, Dr. Phil, I wish we had more time to talk about, you know, things that make you Dr. Phil, like, you know, uh, growing up and the music you're into, but we're running out of time. Yeah. So, hey, if you want to hear more about it, Dr. Phil in the Blanks is the new podcast available on Stitcher. Hit him up at Dr. Phil. Jay Leno, Kathy Bates, Steve Harvey, Dak Shepard, a bunch more. Dr. Phil, a pleasure meeting you, man. Well, it's good meeting you yeah, guys. I pleasure. appreciate you talking about it. and. Uh, the podcast starts today, uh, fill in the blanks, and it's on Apple. It's everywhere. So listen to it. It starts with Shaq, like you said, and it's a lot of fun. I, I had fun doing it, and I'm going to drop one every week so people can hear it. Hey, continued success. Dr. I Phil, Cavino and Rich, best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. You know, we try to keep our, 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 our ear to the streets, mm -hmm. and one of our buddies hit us up. I won't call him out. Let's just call him Nick from Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't pick another city? And he goes, and I'm quoting. Okay. 
banging a chick in the ass. Okay. Was so foreign in the 90s. Oh, because earlier we were talking about right. things that used to seem weird that are now acceptable. More, more, more normal. Now the first thing chicks ask for is to F them in the A. The first and thing? Like, no, 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 like, no. That and that, that was then the uh, Nick in Toronto went on to say he was just joking. First but, thing, but but there was conversation. I was like, is that true? <laughs> no, you just you just said to me, you, you think? And I was like, well, not the, not the first thing, but I said, I think nowadays in 2019, I was trying to think of a percentage, and I wanted to I, before I threw mine out there, I wanted to see what Spot and Jake thought as far as what percentage of women. And I'm going to ask you the guy question too, because this is a two part question. Because this does have to. If I said this conversation is about, Rich, by the way, this conversation did take a weird turn. Off the air, that I'll, I'll touch on, like kind oh. of, sort of. Oh, yeah. Oh, was, okay. I don't care. Oh. I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't remember saying anything weird. But anyway, um, <laughs> I have to ask because it gets. I did say the conversation was about quote unquote butt play. So I have a, a question where I want you to give me a percentage for two statements. Is this me and Jake? You and Jake. Yes. All right. You and Jake. I'm gonna write right. write down your number, Kavino, so you don't change it based on yeah. your opinion. Okay. <laughs> Carry the one niner five six two far. For, okay, was there a niner in there? Niner what? Uh, what? From a walkie talkie. Out of out of a hundred women, I'm not asking how many ask it, ask you to put in their butt. But out of a hundred women in 2019 in the dating scene, what percentage of women are down for butt play? You putting. In- Putting it in their uh, butt. Wait, wait. Think, your, think your number. Okay, put, wait, wait, hold on. Out of out of a hundred. Out of, 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 of a hundred. If you were over the next couple years, if you were a right, fuckmaster, if you were fuckmaster and had yep. sex with a couple hundred women, a uh, hundred women over the next couple years, of those hundred, how many would let you stick it in their buttocks? Okay, got, it. got my got number. It. I got mine. Okay. All right, I'm gonna hold mine up. Ready? Out of a hundred. No wait. Out of, no, no, part two of this question. Okay. Out of a hundred dudes. How many do you think would let a woman stick a finger in their butt? Okay. Oh. Out of a hundred dudes, because this conversation is about butt play in general. Oh, okay. okay. Out of a out of a hundred. Wait. Whoa. whoa, whoa. So, uh, is it the uh, not, how many dudes would say they would let a woman do it, or how many dudes would actually do it? Because say is actually, much. Yeah, a- actually. Say is much lower than actually. Actually. All right. Okay. Guys. So I think there's All a right, lot of guys. My, I yep. think there's okay. a lot of guys that don't want to do it. Uh, I've never had a girl stick a finger in my ass, and I'll tell you why. Not because I'm opposed to it. I just don't know. I just don't know. Did a guy stick a finger in your ass? A doctor once. Yeah, Dr. Longfingers. Yeah, the, the, Dr. Uh, Dr. Big Thumbs. Dr. Dr. Beefy Bits. Dr. Sausage. Sausage I, I asked him, I said, is there a way to check out my prostate with your thumb? Like, hey. Um, I just I don't know why a woman would want to do it. I'm, like, I'm, I'm less opposed to it and more about, like, I don't think you want to do that. Does that make sense? Why would they do that? Spot, you feel what I'm saying, or uh, no, yeah. Like, I'm not opposed to the idea of it. I'm not like, oh, I'm scared of the pain or my ass. I'm more like, why would you, beautiful woman, yeah, I don't want to deal with my ass? Like, my ass is disgusting. Like, like my ass. You're, you, have, you have perfect loaves. You just you I, pinch I off loaves and you trim your yeah. ass hairs. Imagine what my ass but, is but like. But I'm just, I'm cigar just cutter saying, Davis? Yeah. yeah. Just, but you I'm got just, a cigar right, cutter up right, there. How many guys... This was clean. Not, not, not have had it done. Yeah. Well, out of 100 guys, how many would say, 
I'm open to the idea of a girl putting a finger in my butt. Got both uh, numbers. Yep. I, yeah, I, uh, you got to realize, as time goes on, yeah, there's I'm, a different breed of person. Yep. I'm starting to feel that more than ever. Yeah. We walked up to the... Uh, oh, keep, keep, remember, uh, I mean, Devin. Devin, our, our old intern. Look at the yeah. freaky shit he Dude, did. This exactly. We talked about a couple weeks ago. I Dude. feel more Neanderthal than ever before. I feel like every guy who's slightly younger or today's guy... Like, today's guy the dude's is... is He's a dude smoocher. He's so ambiguous. Smoochers. You don't know which way he leans sexually. You just don't even know. These numbers have to have changed, so it's okay to reassess these numbers as time goes on. So how has it changed, in your opinion? What's your? I'm going to hold up my number. Okay. All right? Okay. And uh, the, the first question yeah. was, how many out of 100, how many women in the dating scene in 2019 would be open to some form of you putting oh. your penis in their butt. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Can I? Uh, what's the age range on that? Oh yeah, that's uh, important. Well, I would say in our age range spot, if we were, if we, if me, you, so if me, you, Cavino, Jake, D- Devin, who was older than anyone from 20 to 40, I'd say, because you okay. wouldn't date anyone older than okay, 40. Got it. Okay. So I'd say women, 20 college girls 40. to about 30. Well, college girls to 35, 40. So okay. Uh, do you uh, do you want my number? Slow down, R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number. Uh, you go first, spot your okay, number. My no, num- well, no, say your number. Don't explain, and we'll all go around the room okay. first. Spot my number. Yeah, women who would allow it. Sixty-two percent. Oh my god. My, wow, my, okay. my, my number. Seventy-two. Oh my god. Okay. Jake. Mine was eighty. 80. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Sixty-two. Man. Seventy-two. Eighty. Steve? Well, my number is indicative of well, no, I no, guess no, how just wrong give I am. No explanation. Yeah, I said no explanation. Number. And where my mind's number. at. Number. Thirty-eight percent. Okay. All right. How many guys would be willing to get a finger in their butt? Spot. Twenty-three percent. Twenty-three. My answer: fifty-six. Okay. Wow. More Jake, than half. Thirty. That, that, you got to put that in perspective. More than half. Average. Thirty percent. Okay. Yeah. I said forty-eight percent. Okay. So thirty-eight. So around half, but a little bit less. Yeah. Right. I was thinking half. No, it can't be half. So wait, you think half. more dudes are likely to get, take a finger in the ass than girls would take a dick in the ass? Yeah, guys are fucking weird. A lot of <laughs> guys just don't admit it, you know. But guys are more adventurous, I think, uh, to want to do weird things because they see it in porn. Plus, Did you uh, say weird things. Weird things. Now, weird putting, th- now I keep putting emphasis on the R. <laughs> I think kind of th- like a Chicago pirate. All right, I want you know if you guys want to chime in eight six six nine six nine nineteen sixty nine. If you, I want to hear if anyone feels like our numbers are way off or what they think the number. Question one: Out of a hundred women, how many are open to anal sex? And question two: Out of a hundred men, how many are open to the idea of a finger in their butt? I, I also have a I question too like yeah. what what is the what is the woman doing with the finger is it just slipping it in there just to see what it's like <laughs> yeah that's kind of where i'm at because what you know I, a, I see where kavino's coming from because twir- twirlies i don't know what, uh, i don't know i don't, I, know what, I don't either little curly whirly spin you on the end of her finger like a basketball uh, uh, yeah cuz a uh, you know a, a, a penis is obviously a little bit more invasive so i could see why kavino's numbers would be how they are. Yeah, my numbers are indicative of my lack of interest in that area. So if you're saying 68% of women, my no low one said number, si- no one said someone said 60-something. No, I didn't write them down. What Spot was... said 62. Okay, well, there I, it is. I, I, said, I said 72. Jake so, said 80. You said 38. 38. So my, my number there is indicative to me of, like, I'm so not even aware because I don't even go that route to even know. 
And I'm not just saying that for effect. I mean it. Like, that's so crazy to me to think that you think 72% of women would be okay with yeah, that. But, but but you should realize that you are so far off of the other three of our guesses. I guess, yeah. I, so I, so I when, you, when you say, you guys are crazy, do you don't think... 72%? No, saying, if a bunch of people in a room say but doesn't one that, thing... Isn't that indicative of your aggressive nature then to think that? No, but if a group of people in a room all say, yeah, 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 and you're the one guy that's like, what? Like when yeah, you like no, when you found when you found out that no one else wore white boxer briefs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I might be the only guy. I might be the only guy. But uh, you know, off the air, you know, because oh, fly has to I match can't wait fly. To hear this. No, no, no. Fly has to match fly. Chemistry is key. You want to click sexually with a person. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm saying. I'm saying. There's everything right with that. In fact, I'm, so I'm not exposing Rich by any means at all. I was saying that I think partners you've had in your life. Not, it doesn't even need to be the person that you end up marrying. I feel like it's if you think of all the women you've dated, right? Well, all the, the you, girls I've loved before. I think uh, you got to think to yourself: Have you have you ever seriously have you ever seriously dated someone <laughs> with sexual limits? And my answer is, I would never date someone with sexual limits. Okay. So, so, so I'm glad you said it because. But, but I'm saying it's like it's, it's I like said. A, well, I kind of respect limits, and you know what Rich said. I don't respect limits at all because they're oh, because they're because they're limiting. <laughs> right, Rich is like he, Rich is like limits are eh. No, I said and limits like, are what they are. Limiting. Limit. Right. So I I, I sort of understand. Well, I think we both respect. So you limits, want but no Rich limits? Would say, Rich would say you got limits. You're not for me. Much, much like the shirt you still own. You want you want endless limits. Endless limits. And, and, Rich and wants it's, no limits. But it's not spot. It's not about having sex and it being porn star style sex. It's a matter of I don't think I could. And it's not even a matter of wanting to do butt play often at all. It's really a matter of I don't think I could be with someone that has that like I have a list of things I don't well, do sexually. Like if I, I dated a girl once for a minute that was like I won't let you like come on me or in my mouth or anything. And I'm like what? I, 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 and I'm like I can't. I, and I was like can't date you. Right, so if a girl says no butt play, Rich is saying I'm out. And in a world where porn is sort of the way of life, you have to figure these numbers have gone up. Let's go to your feedback. Kavino and Rich, who do we got, Spot? Uh, let's go to you, uh, Neil in Florida. And by the way, I would love to hear a woman's perspective on this. What's up, Neil? You guys are hilarious, man. I hope well, you're well, having a great Neil, time I already know how you feel about the finger in the ass. <laughs> Your name is Neil. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> hey. All right, so that's the... Question number one: I would kick all your asses in, in prices right because I would go one dollar. You all way overshot no. the, nope. the the amount of. No, I'm a little older than you guys. I'm a couple years older, okay. but you fucking way overshot the amount of women that would that, that like butt play. I agree, no. I, but Rich I think is coming Rich, from Rich, a perspective yeah. of he has no tolerance to limits, which is crazy talk. Endless limits, and he says no limits. Kavino would have beat Kavino would have beat you guys all hands down, going with thirty eight percent. But I would go a dollar. I'd go one, and I would I'd whoop all your asses. There's there's no way you're thinking of the porn generation. Realistically, there's it, it's not going to happen, guys. I, I, I agree with you. You know, you're talking about a little finger play. That's a little different than you know, <clears throat> you know, cocking the ass. And and I I think that. The percentage would be higher, but seventy some odd percent of women. Yeah, come yeah, on. yeah, yeah no, no, more no, women no. are prone to say exit only. No, not true. Yeah, they no, would. No, I no, no. So. Old ladies, old lady uh, McGee. No, man. old ladies, yeah. girls, with, old ladies? with girls with limits. 
They don't exist in your life. Nope. I'm telling you, out of a hundred women, all, you uh, guys are all in the same age range, though. You're you're all like like 38 to 45 ish, which was nobody's we 45. Yeah, yeah. Spots Spots nah. 30. Spots 38. I'm 39. Cavino's 42. Jake is 24, right, Jake? Jake, 25? I'm 25. Fuck Jake. doesn't matter. I look at it this way, brother. Thanks for the call, by the way. Thanks, buddy. I'm telling yeah, you, well, I almost want to... Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to stick with my number. 72 out of 100 women would say okay to some type of uh, butt play. I think Neil Winsprice is right. I no, really do. No. I really do. I think I, you're so jaded when it you, comes to this. You, I think the numbers have gone up. I'll agree with you. But I don't think they're as high as you think. I'm thinking of all the women I've dated. 72. Wait, hold on. I'm thinking of all the women I've dated... I'm thinking of no, my, you said 78. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of the girls my buddies have dated. I'm thinking of my buddies' wives and girlfriends and stories over the years. I could I'd say I'm I'm hard up to think of women yeah. that or maybe because I live the hog life, I, no, I I have these I have you know but a different I'm, life. I'm hard know. I'm hard up to think. No way. I'm hard up to think of uh, more than a handful of women that would say no to this. So I think th I, maybe I want to change my number to eighty something. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. I, I know stories about you. I know stories about other friends. I, there's, there's, listen, very few women are like, no, but I'm telling you. No, but what? No, but I'm telling you, Spot. <laughs> Who are you asking? Pretty sure it's pronounced no boo. <laughs> Can we go you. to no, but? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that at the hard rock? <laughs> um, how about no? I think you're wrong. I listen. I I'm thinking right now. Jake, you know what I said? Did you that? say no, but nope. And and I'm not saying nope. I'm not saying a frequent all the time. Hey, every time we have sex, or even every week or month or six months. I'm saying for a woman, I guarantee. All right, here's a better question. Nah, I don't want to change the question. I was gonna say out of a hundred women, how many could say they've never had a, a, a penis in their butt? And I'm gonna say like. 18%. <laughs> You're so Where are you asking this? At the green door? Yeah, Rich is Rich is so jaded and such a pervert. Yeah, you're so off the mark, bro. You're off the mark. Nope. Yeah, the number's higher than you it used to be, but happens, not that You don't high. know what happens behind closed doors with people. That's true. Can't deny that. Right, who but else I think we got you're, you're way uh, overshooting it. Brandon in Chicago. Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Brandon. What's up? I, I think it's right around 50%. For women? For women, yeah, because they don't want to say they would be into it, but then again, they have that thought of them wondering what it would feel like. I mean, that's a fair answer. Rich said you said 78. Like, that's just no, crazy. So I said 72. 72? 72. I mean, 72. It's, it's still crazy talk. a little bit of a far shot. I think right around 50% of women would be open to it because it's that curiosity factor that gets to them. Plus, people living the hog life, like Lonnie 3000 knows, like, you know, you hear, no way, like way more often than other people. So you have to keep that in perspective. Like I've, ta I've taken a uh, massive uh, duty. I feel like I know what it feels like. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure women have taken like massive duties. They know chicks, what it's like. Chicks can be totally, you know, willing for a thimble in the ass. You I, know? Can, I mean, I, mean we, I know we've all looked down at the toilet and be like, that came out of my butt? <laughs> Hey, we so, said we could have a smart conversation so, or a cheap conversation. Well, no, the choice is I, 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 I didn't mean to steer I, it down no, cheap lane. Hey, 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 Spot, steer it down cheap lane, but that was my point all along when <laughs> boy, guys always say, 
when guys talk about how they're scared to get a finger in the butt at the doctor's office, I'm Let like, tell you. Have, I was like, have you seen some of the massive man shits you've taken? Yo, like, exit only, bro. So been, like, if you if you've taken if you've taken a monster duty that looks like a monster kielbasa, you're worried about a doctor. <laughs> you're worried about a doctor sticking his finger it's, up your butt to make sure you don't have cancer. Come like, on, it's not within it's not within my nature. I'm not the kind of guy that like you know uh, taps other dudes in the balls or or you know drumps on tables when they're drunk. Rat tails. I'm not that kind of person, so I've never done it. But there have been times where I'm just like, "This is amazing! I need to take a photo of this and send it to someone." Because, because I'm you should, a you should just have your own gallery. I should, but I can't. I don't even want it on my phone because I just think it's gross. But we've all been amazed by what's come out. One day you can so write a picture picture book and make right, millions. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> where, where, where were we, Kurt? Kurt in Rhode Island. What's up? I'm, hold on. Kurt, hey, be, Kurt, Kurt, uh, Kurt, be, Kurt, before you give us your, uh, your, your numbers, I, want, I just want to read I want to read one other thing real quick. Uh, we're getting feedback from men and women, people saying it, it's a matter of putting in the effort and work. If you're, if you're the type of guy that's willing to go the extra mile in the bedroom and seduce and be, sedu- you know, if, if, you're, if you're willing to be the FM, the master. No, if you're willing to go and do everything, no, if you're willing to try to please her in every possible way and you're a very sexual, sensual type of lover, she will be willing to try anything you want. Mm. I, I don't, hey, you know what? Girl, people have limits. Some pe- too. Yeah, some people just limits. aren't into that. Uh, I, you know what? I, 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 I guess gotta, I, by default, I attract people with limits. You know what? I got I to gotta talk to someone more my speed, like uh, Narzan here, who's, who's saying, you know, Narzan's a cool guy. Successful guy, More handsome like a guy. guy. Na- Narzan dates a lot of attractive women, younger women. He said nine out of ten are willing to try something. Nine and, out of and ten. And he's been he's been with quite a number of women. Yeah, but he said, but, but he said he, it's. Um, a, uh, but does he stay with them? He's saying ninety percent. He's saying ninety percent. Does he 90%. stay with them? Does he stay with them? Or are they what just that? girls that he banged in the ass? What does that matter? What about we had a dinner with one of our old school radio buddies recently? And what was his story? He's like, yeah, some girl he met on Tinder that lived in Florida. She'd come up and visit him every few weeks, and all she wanted him to do is to fuck her in the butt because uh, that was what she was into. Hey. You heard the story at dinner just like a month. Yeah, ago. but you think that's normal behavior. When I hear those stories, I'm like, man, what a crazy person. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who do we got again? Who's spot? Who's uh, there? Kurt. Hey, Thanks Kurt. For holding. Yeah, Kurt. What's up, Kurt? How are you? All right. Uh, not much. Uh, I haven't called in a while. So. For women, I have 32% willing, men 41%, women that never have had a finger in their ass or anything in their ass 16%, and I added one category, men that have never had anything in their ass. I put that only at 4%. What? <laughs> I'm, ah. I'm part of the 4%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I'm with you, you on that. Fingers in your ass. I'll admit I've wiped a little bit deeper than I'd uh, like to sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes because you got, you got the never-ending second yeah. magic, second like, brown magic marker. Yeah, there. if it if it keeps you know if you keep doing that, sometimes you need to just go high up, up pop higher a little bit. <laughs> that doesn't count. And uh, hot little twenty-four-year-old Puerto Rican, I know. Uh, am I not gonna let her? You know what yeah. else is interesting? Part uh, an interesting part of the story as these numbers increase, and there's no doubt that these numbers are increasing no at, at a, no a really rapid rate. No doubt. No doubt. I think it's interesting that there are people that I, that I do a show with, but there are people that are willing to dismiss a loving potential mate because of their limits. Yeah. Yes. In that particular uh, department. In I'll that particular department. That's crazy talk, dude. Crazy talk. That's who? 
Says That's everybody? Cool. Says who? Like, you I don't know. Polls? <laughs> don't make Spot. me do it. No, Spot. I'm not doing Who's Spot. Spot. Says polls? Spot. What? Says who? Says who? That's master. craziness. Kavino, I understand you have to be hey, satisfied. Hey, I hey, do get that. Hey. Chemistry is key. Kavino. Yeah. Says who? When your requests are sort of... Nothing's wrong with a huge <laughs> penis. I mean, you know, everybody loves that, I'm sure. I'm says sure. Who? <laughs> it says rich, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but when your requests are a little odd or a little... <laughs> not even odd, like uh, demanding... You have to expect that you are going to get backlash and, in return and I, sometimes. I, I assume in these, in the, I assume in these relationships, it's like the more you demand, the more you also have to give. Well, so once again, see, you guys are unwilling to give. I mean, I'm I'm willing to give. I, I I imagine that if I were in a relationship where a girl would like let me do certain things, but she was like, but I need to put a finger in your ass and be like, all right. A lot of the conversation from you know my field studies in the mist go like this. No, because then I'll put it in your butt. And then it's like, yeah, no, we're not playing that game. Okay, I give up. Right. That's usually I, how the conversation I've never ends. Had, I've never had a girl say, all right, I'll do that, but I get to stick something in your butt. It's usually like... That's, how, that's, it's usually their, like, way, that's it's usually, their tactic. Of, no, of, it's usually, no, that's, it's, that's it's, their no, way in. Well, that's it. Lame-o is that you, you're not finessing. You know what? I'll, I'll give you lessons one day if you want. Sure, you should hold a, a seminar, but I'm not. Honestly, uh, it's a matter of interest. I, but I think a lot of times it's that's, uh, that's how desensitized you are. There's so many great other great options. You know, I'm really not that interested. It's all about conquering. And and what, what did you say off the air, Rich? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Oh, I said it's not a matter of even wanting to necessarily do it frequently or that much at all. It's a matter of being with some, being someone that being someone being with someone that has. Such strict limits to things that you're open-minded to are too much for me. I can't. I can never be with someone that's like, I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't do this. It's like being with someone that doesn't match your mindset, whether it's sexual, financial. It's like being someone that's careful with money. I do and you, agree. No, and then you marry someone that's like, uh, a sp like a spendaholic that buys I agree, a bunch of but shit. You think the majority is on your page? Yeah. That's just crazy. Yeah. No, uh, our last maybe, caller. Maybe. Our last caller had it right. At uh, what I, I got a question. At Neil what point right. do you? At what point do you weed out these people then? Do you, what do you, mean? you expect? I, I, do you, well, does I, I butt, play, does I, butt play come up on the first date? No, yeah, but Rich I stopped, must I, do out, what, what, like a little test to see. Like, seriously, oh, oh, for the butthole, you really like uh, fingering, right? Okay. So how do you feel about buttholes? Oh, I mean, Check. I, all right, you, I've da I, you, you know that I've stopped dating people because of their sexual yeah, but, prudishness. But, but, you know, not wanting to uh, be do doggy, not flipping over for doggy style is one thing, but not taking it in the ass is a little bit much. Allow me to be the uh, spokesperson for uh, cheap street. Yeah, I agree with I agree with Spot. I do think it's more normal than ever, but I still think if but, your expectations are that high, okay. you're going to be let down more so than not. Could I? Could I get? Can I get raw for a second? Um, I would sure. love. I would love for you to get raw. I mean, Eddie Murphy got that way. I mean, old dirty bastard would love it right now if he were listening. Oh, oh, baby, I like it raw. Baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Jimmy, Jimmy, yo, Jimmy, yo, Jimmy, wait. Hit me up with some ODB spot on a fucking way back Wednesday. Fucking poet, that guy. Continue. That guy's like the Mozart of our time. Oh baby, I like you. Yeah, hear him on the piano. Ding, 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 ding. Oh baby, I like it raw. So good, get raw. By the way, there's a difference between 
demanding something sexually and in a sensual way negotiating things. All right. Ah! Real talk. Real talk with Kavino on Rich. If you are going down on a girl or massaging her, her and, 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 and pleasing her and being very sensual and, and giving and loving, you are, you are getting her at these sexually vulnerable moments where you are pleasing her and she is... She is like she's in a, she's in a, a, a state of ecstasy where you're 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 pleasing her where you are now opening wow. new doors. Do you think that's what the Beatles were singing about? <laughs> please please me, oh yeah, like I please you. I never looked at it that way. Now I dated a girl once. That last night I stuck my dick in her butt. Do 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 do. I'm sorry. Continue. That's not the Beatles song. It's not. Come on, come on. Continue. I look at it this way. I dated a girl once who. I'll be I'll be straight up raw with you. I, I hate to be vulgar on our show these yeah, days, bro, but I got uh, my uh, do rag on. They, old, they, old dirty bastard. There, there was a girl that was like had a problem and didn't want me to ever ever stop. Spot. Turn it off. Come on. Being distracted by the Beatles. There was a girl that never, ever, she was not okay with the idea of me. I'm not okay. That's just, that's, that's hog envy right she, there. She's not okay with the idea. She was not okay with the idea of me finishing in her mouth. Jeez Louise. Holy and, shit. And, 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 and you know what, Spot? Deja vu. I said to myself, if I end up with this girl, I gotta end this before I'm with this girl for a, a long lifetime time. Lifetime of lifetime of torture. No, 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 not a lifetime of torture because it's not like so, a prison. No, it's not so much. It's not so much something that's. You're a fucking so, maniac, no, bro. No, maniac. It's not so much something that. So, so, oh, I can't live without. It's something that if you date a girl and you're with her for months and months and she's like, yeah, I just you, like essentially like you will never. Finish in my mouth. You know what that indicates to me? That you're going to find whoa, whoa. someone else to do that. So if I end up with this person for the rest of my grown-ass man life, as, as uh, Dak Prescott said about Ezekiel Elliott, he's a grown-ass man. No, who said that? Ezekiel or Dak? The Ezekiel said that about, about Dak. Dak. Yeah. He's a grown-ass man. I, if you're a grown-ass man. Which is a funny response, actually, I think. If you're, gr if you're a grown-ass man spot. Yo, bro, it's really steamy here in the Vegas right, studio. No, but I'm saying if, if you're a grown-ass man. You might be thinking to yourself, so if I end up with this person, that means for the rest of my life? I think you misunderstood. Ezekiel Elliott said he was a grown ass man, and he was just inspired by some ass before the game. I think that might have been a tale. Yeah, you're, you way read into that. Anyway, if you date this girl, then you're pretty much saying, all right, for the rest of my life, then I guess I will never, ever, ever, for my life on this planet Earth, I will never do that sexually. I can't handle that. 
But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, no, 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 no. Let me finish my statement. No, let me finish my statement. So, which means what I'll do eventually is go find someone else to do it. But apparently, you also say, "Oh, you put you are you got to finesse and put them in the right mindset, and then they'll do anything." So that you don't believe that. I do, but there's some girls that just have a prudish mindset. That, that, wouldn't, ma- no, called... that wouldn't match your fly. What don't you get about that? I get it. Flies have to match flies. Hey, I, I, chemistry, I get all that. Hey, if you're a girl that's really in shape, and you date a guy <sighs> with a beer gut, you're probably not going to match each other's flies, because that guy's fucking guzzling beers has a belly. Meanwhile, the girl's at the gym every day working on her abs and ass. Don't you see that? you got to match flies. If some person is fiscally responsible, and they're worried about the market and their 401k and investing, and they're dating someone that's like... Fucking a broke dummy. Yeah, but your expectations are that of a porn star. Yeah, no, so you, no they're so not. That's what no, you want. They are. Yes, they are. You think you want you want you your significant other oral to be sex, you think oral a, a sex, beautiful mom no. and, and and a great porn star. No, you think oral sex and you think oral sex and the openness to try anal sex is porn star like? That's called a relationship. I'm not saying hey, let's have orgies and threesomes and but, uh, do the, all these people weird are things. Have limits and things they're not into. Yeah, but that person won't be for you. What do you? Hey, Kavino. Okay, so if you're a guy with a big dick, you have to be with a girl with a gaping asshole to, just to satisfy you. Bring on the gape. <laughs> All right. No, I'm just, I don't like. I mean, what do you want me to say? You're 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 making it seem like sex is not another aspect of a relationship. It I, is. I just mentioned financial. All right. What if you you what if a priority to you? Right. I'm being serious. Follow this and don't interrupt, please. What if a priority to you is going to mass every Sunday morning at 8 a.m.? Hey, listen, I, I, there's a lot of things I do, but you know what I really need to do more than anything? It's really important to me uh, in a partner for someone that wants to go to Sunday mass with me and then afterwards get coffee. It's like my tradition. I go to church on Sunday mornings, and then I go get a bagel and coffee. I want to look Jesus in the eyes. If you meet someone that's like, yeah... I like it all, but uh, that church thing, yeah, I'm not going to church with you ever. That person's going to be like, yo, you might be great and all, but part of what will make me tick long term is someone that will f- join me at, at church. I feel like I totally pull a Stifler to bang a girl. Didn't Stifler do that where he became like super religious to, to bang a girl yeah, in but, one of the American fives? Yeah, but, 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 why, but why when I say religion, you guys are like, oh, that's different. No, because it's, it's, you under the... Uh, uh, because the, religion and yeah, butt sex are, assholes are completely... Like really? I'm pretty sure those don't go together. So, are, you, are, you relig- are you religious? Did you just compare religion to butt sex? Yeah, I just I gotta be. I just got to <laughs> clarify that. Rich goes to the church of assholes. <laughs> You're a religious guy all of a sudden? Oh, uh, yeah, when was the last time I went to Mesh, you fair-weather Catholic? What are you going, Christmas Eve, you loser? Two, not even two weeks ago, my Midnight Mass, bro. Midnight Mass, bro. Women are saying on our anyway. on our pages that yep. it's closer to 50%. Okay, well, then that that's that's clo- that's higher than you're saying. I'm just saying it's uh, it's it's about not demanding things or having weird expectations. It's about match finding someone that matches you, and I find that peculiar yeah, that but you there think, has to be but, a, a line where you say, okay, well, that's what makes them them, and that's their limit. No, not for me, I then. accept that. Uh, accept it. Yeah, because there's certain things I wouldn't do. If the girl I'm dating wants to fucking jump out of an airplane, but I don't want to, you know, does that mean I'm not like her there, kind of guy? Okay, okay, okay. Aren't wait. there compromises all right, all right, all right. and Hold you on, meet stop. halfway? Hold up. Hey, hey, hold up. If Jordan was the type, if Jordan, your girlfriend, was an extreme, like, I like to go skydiving, I like to go parasailing, I like to do all this, and you're like, yeah, not my style. Like she doesn't have to accept. She doesn't. No, she, she doesn't need. To, you're a weirdo. She doesn't need <laughs> to I? accept. No. Yeah, I was sort of with you actually. She <laughs> flopping in the wind. She would. 
her better bet would be like, like Dumbo. Yeah, um, I like to go parasailing and, and scuba diving and, and bungee jumping and jumping out of planes. Guess who's not for her if that was her style? Steve Cavino. And you would say, well, why shouldn't she just accept so me for you, who I am? Wait, okay, hold on. So are you saying that you're an extremist when it comes to sex? Yeah, you're an extremist. You're like an extremist. I would do some of those things, right? But I would have my limits. You so, see, um, uh, my limit would be jumping out of a plane. So you're but looking. I might try some other stuff. You're looking. You're looking for someone who loves spelunking, uh, when, over just going on a hike. Can I tell you so how you really feel? What you've already you already have. I, I heard really about feel? the girl who wouldn't uh, accept your loads in her mouth. Yeah. But, but can I tell you how I really feel? You guys are losers. How so? Uh, please tell. I think the real old dirty bastard is Rich Davis. Yeah. Someone should replace the album cover with Rich's face. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Cavino and Rich, best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. Oh, there he is. What's up, man? What's up, man? What's up, man? Let's welcome with glory and renown for the first time. Yeah, there he is. I gave you the Leaping Lenny Poffo glory and renown intro. Haley, Joel, Osmond, what's up, buddy? Good morning. How's it going? We're just talking about Rich's new investment. He's a flipper and flopper. No, not my first time. I feel like I have unrealistic expectations. My wife is going down to Texas to fix up a rental property that we got. Nice. And I'm like, it should take like, how long do you think it would take to paint the whole house? To paint how many it, uh, how many bedrooms? I think it's a t- two bedroom, living room, and and resurface some cabinets. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cabinets can take a while, you know. Wife. Yeah, what a week, two I said, weeks. I said like two days. Yeah. Two days? Oh no, you gotta let the paint dry. Yeah, <laughs> and the sanding of it. Oh, this sounds like a nightmare to me, man. Are you a handy guy, Haley? Uh, my dad is. Oh, okay. uh, my dad is really great with all things about uh, construction and. So he and enabled you, therefore you don't. Back. You're not good. Well, I've been living in New York and yeah. rarely driving a car for the past decade and a half, so. I am. Uh, That's not rare. My toolbox isn't too big. That's not rare, though, man. Anyone, uh, anyone. I mean, you're a bit younger than us, but anyone in our age demo is certainly not as handy as our parents or grandparents' generation. It's just not the way it is. Like fixing cars, fixing houses, doing things. It's just something our we don't have anymore. You pop the hood and it's a computer. I mean, you can't really even see what's wrong anymore. That's one of the disadvantages. It's nice that it runs a little bit better, but uh, when it breaks, you you're sort of stuck. <laughs> Dude, I I have a weird memory that tell me if I'm wrong. Is it possible? Are you a Mets fan? Uh, no, Dodgers have you, fan. Have you been to City I've, Field? I uh, went to City Field a lot, though, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, I feel like during like a Mets playoff game a couple years ago, I, no, I saw like a couple people stopping him, and he was walking along the concourse. Oh, it was probably Game 4 in 2015, yeah. Yes, I, yeah. yeah. At the World Series, I'm walking around. I'm sure you saw us. Me and my friends were the only Dodgers fan we saw the entire time. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and all of a sudden I see him there, and I'm like, yo, these people stop. Poor Haley Joel Osmond. People are stopping and wanting <laughs> selfies and pictures. Is that really the life? Yeah, is that sort of it? You know, it, it, and uh, now it Dodgers. Dodger Stadium, it's like it's it's become. Uh, I guess people know that I'm gonna be there for certain games, but I love going, and I loved going to City Field when I was in college and everything. I Do mean, you use your Haley Joel Osment sort of perks to get to know the players on a different level and throw uh, first pitches and things like that? I have been to like I've been to the Kershaw ping pong event for his charity and and the Dodgers gala and everything, but I you know I'm starstruck around those guys. Yeah. You know I would never just approach Clayton Kershaw like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have uh, ping pong skills? Uh, yeah, that that's my parents were both born in. Birmingham, Alabama, and that's a very southern thing. Like, there's a lot of ping pong played. My dad has five siblings. My mom has six siblings. So there was a lot of uh, a lot of ping a lot of ping pong at right. family reunions. Yeah. And, and you golf, right? So you're <laughs> yes, a big sports yeah, guy. definitely. Hey, yeah. do, is golf something that? Well, you've been golfing since you were a kid. Am I yeah. right about that? Yeah. Is that something that Rich and I have to just by default eventually get into? I mean, you don't have to, but I think you'll be glad you did. I yeah. mean, it's really fun. Is it you more know? fun or frustrating? 
Um, it, it can definitely be frustrating, but that's how fun it is because there's a, there's rounds where you're just frustrated and hate yourself the whole time, and it just takes one nice pure shot. Where you're like, I gotta come back. Where you feel, feel great about, about it. About it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, man. Your show, Future Man. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. I fucking love it. I, you know, it's it's. Uh, we're just talking about shows people have to check out and different specials that are on Netflix, but Future Man. I don't know if I talked about it enough. I don't think you have. When I watch a trailer for season two, which comes out this Friday, correct? Uh, that's right. Season two uh, premieres on uh, Hulu. All the episodes are out this Friday, January 11th. Nice. And, and you yeah. guys know I'm sweating Hulu. I switched to Hulu TV. Yeah, yeah it's great. Week. I realized yeah. I was spending too much money on cable and shit, and I was like, you know what? Hulu TV has like 50 live channels. No commercial yeah. or anything. They're, it was just awesome. It's really just for sports now that you need the cable box, and you All can kind of plug in for those. Do you, do, yeah. do you, look, because of the new year, we we said that we have to sort of figure out where we could save money and things like that. Yeah. I assume because you're an actor. Is this a misconception? And, and you make money in chunks, and, and you get these big checks that your, your concern is not like cutting the cord and things like that, or is it? Well, I, for me, I think it's uh, just simplicity. Like, it's easy to, I mean, to have too many subscriptions yeah. Yeah. different things and right. everything and also the thing that you know i this year one thing i'd like to do is trying to to get out of the phone so much and have everything ruled uh, by the phone because it yeah. feels like everything eventually can be hacked by someone or by the government or something so you don't want your entire life to be wrapped up in that so right. much i like it, it's nice to have hard copies of things because with streaming it's like who knows someday if they'll be just be like all right pay us a hundred dollars a month or we're wiping everything oh, it scary. happened because i with my ipod when i was uh, you know through middle school uh, high school and into college i had everything on that big uh, ipod and then when it switched to the Apple streaming and everything, when you turned on the uh, 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 music drive or everything, it's like, oh, all these things you physically bought on CDs, they're up in the cloud now. Yeah. They're ours. You can get them yeah. in the cloud, except for the ones we don't have in the cloud yet, and those we wiped from your iTunes. It's like, Ooh. oh, okay. Speaking <laughs> of, Haley Joel Osment, um, he's, he's got something in common with you, Rich, aside for you know the love of Future Man. He's a big Pink Floyd guy, much like Rich. Oh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a Pink Floyd guy. <laughs> you know, I, I got to call you out on this, though. I, please, Haley, <laughs> what's your rule on this? He, he wears a Pink Floyd sweatshirt all the time. But like, is not a Pink Floyd like, fan. You don't know any dark. He's dark side of the goon. This guy, <laughs> as I said last week. The last Roger Waters tour was awesome. He wears yeah. the animals shirt with the pig on it. I'm yeah, like, Dude, you don't even know any Pink Floyd. <laughs> but I like the sweatshirt. Yeah, right. Is that fair game? I mean, do you rock things that you're not a fan? Uh, of? No, I would hope not. Right. You know, yeah. It's against the Damn. rules. Yeah, you're a big classic rock guy, right? Like definitely. Like, yeah, I, I'm getting the vibe, and I could be wrong. Like your dad, a big influence on you. Oh, right? absolutely. And, yeah, because I read too that in, in all the movies that you made he also makes cameos is that true he in a couple no not in all the ones i made but he was a cop and pay it forward and <laughs> is that funny for that you to was... see back <laughs> because he's not and an he actor, had a cop he? mustache at the time too so it was perfect i think everybody's uh, <laughs> dad had a cop mustache at one point. <laughs> especially in the 90s yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at your your body of work and it must be crazy because you were such a huge star as a kid actor yeah. Is it almost? It's almost though like you have to reestablish yourself as an adult. Like people forget that because you look totally different, you're a kid versus an adult. It's a different role, different all different parts. Oh, totally. So it's almost like you've made it twice, <laughs> in a way. When you yeah. think about it, I mean, I, uh, uh, I that's exciting to to me as an actor because you get to sort of subvert expectations and to pop up at things where people may not even recognize you. Uh, and also, you know, that combined with I went away uh, to college for uh, like five years. I wasn't living in Los Angeles and didn't really live in Los Angeles after college for a while either. And sort of getting reacquainted with it is uh, is exciting because, yeah, the the uh, types of roles I get to play now are really different. But it's crazy because you could be a cute, talented kid 
And then when you're done with that, they can be like, all right, kid, that was cool. You were a cute, talented kid. You're an <laughs> which, adult. Which happens most of the which time. Which happens most of the time. Yeah, and as sure. an adult, it's like, as an adult, man, we just don't seem to like you as much. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, the fact that you're breaking that is, is awesome. Because, Thank you. Because, I mean, it's a risk at, at any time in, you know, in the acting career, no matter what age you are. Um, and it, that's just how it makes you appreciate when things are going well and, and, and getting to play those roles. Yeah. Haley Joel Osmond on the Cavino and Richo. We, we got to talk more about Future Man and the movie and everything, but yeah. I, I have to backtrack a little bit because it's our first time meeting you. Yeah. You know, you're talking about the kids stuff. You started acting at four years old, right? right? So clearly yeah. you, they see talent. Like, how talented were you as a four? <laughs> like, you, looking back now, because you're a grown man. <laughs> I, no, but you're a grown man now. You could look back and say, it was pretty fucking amazing at four years old. Well, I was very fortunate to work in uh, films that were really great subject matter. And, you know, it, it's tough to find a lot of variety in, in those sorts of roles when you're a young kid. And getting the opportunity to play, you know, uh, artificial intelligence and AI and, you know, in The Sixth Sense and all those things, those were really sort of heavy roles that you don't always get the opportunity to play. Okay, so I think so that really our producer spot, <laughs> your, your bearded uh, soulmate over there, <laughs> he, he brought up something interesting I have to ask you. From a kid's perspective, what was it like watching Tom Hanks and Bruce Willis? From a kid's perspective and guys like that, did you? What was your impression then? Yeah, I even with Tom Hanks, uh, you know, I was that was the first movie I ever did. I was four. I still have a, a strong, very strong memory of him. Uh, just how focused he was, just yeah. always paging through his script. And I actually have a nice little uh, uh, artifact from that period. Um, there had been a big rainstorm on the set. It had flooded base camp, and some PA came to my trailer and carried me and waiters over to Tom's trailer. He was with uh, Robert Zemeckis. They were rewriting the bench scene at the end, and Tom took a yellow legal pad and wrote out all my new lines in red marker and then handed them to me to memorize, and I still have that little piece of frame history. somewhere? Frame, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Frame, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, that's just on the desk, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. But then you think about that. I mean, if people don't, if they're not connecting the dots, you played Forrest Gump's son. That's little, right. Little yeah. Forrest. Yeah. And that was sort of the, the start of it. Like, all right, this kid's cute. But then he proved he had talent. And now you're working with Bruce Willis. We're, you know, we're fast forwarding. And, and But you had to be... What was your relationship then as a kid, your impression, like I said? That, I mean, with The Sixth Sense, when you're four years old, your understanding of character development and the script and even the business at all is sort of limited. But by the time we were doing The Sixth Sense, I was 10 years old. Knight was, I think, 28 when we did that, so younger than I am now and running that movie uh, with all the pressure that that entails and doing it with just such a mellow attitude and uh, such a generous uh, way of doing things. We had the luxury of like three weeks of rehearsal with all the, the members of the cast, got to go in with him and Tony and with him and Bruce. And uh, we just were in a really comfortable place when we started making that movie. I just wanted, I'm sorry. Continue. No, it's okay. Even though it's a movie that's you know has a lot of traumatic things in it, my memory of it was that it was one of the most fun things I've ever done. Right, right, yeah. right. I'm just, I'm just thinking your memory. I read that his dad said it was about communication. It wasn't a horror movie that was at all. A big thing of you know, my dad was a theater actor and ran a theater on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard in the '80s, and so his knowledge of all that was really helpful for me because I didn't approach it as a horror movie. And to the character in the movie, his life is not a horror movie. The point of it all is people trying to communicate with each other. Right. Yeah. I just look at it as the memories you have as a kid are right. so different than the memories Haley has as a kid. And <laughs> I don't imagine, like, like you do realize everyone else, their you mean, memories... Wait, you mean Haley doesn't remember my dad and his tidy whities <laughs> like, 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 I'm just saying, it's, it's just odd that your memories as a kid were iconic moments that we all watched on the big screen, and 
you know, our memories of playing Hungry Hunger Hippo with our, our yeah, siblings. I played Hungry Hungry Hippo. Yeah, but I'm saying, but you played with Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got to be. It's got to be odd to look back. Do you do you look at that little kid and even remember those things? Because they say sometimes your first memories aren't until you're around four or five. So these things are. Yeah, it, it, it is, and, and it's not a complete picture of the time. I mean, things definitely do fade. But I also got lucky because I didn't miss out on actually going to school. I went to regular right. school all the way through high school, went to college and everything. So Did it make you we, popular? Uh, n- not really because uh, I, another lucky thing was that the Sixth Sense really wasn't a- uh, aimed at my age group, so I was able to go back to sixth grade the next year, and it hadn't really changed that much well, in that class works, and everything. Yeah. That was pretty fortunate. So, wow. Yeah. It, but yeah, it had to give you props, though. A lot of extra props when you're in college. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it, the word gets out. Like, oh, that's the kid from Forrest Gump. Well, even then, I, I went and studied uh, theater at NYU, and many of the, the people in my program had a lot more experience of, uh, than, uh, than I did in theater, and, you know, one of my classmates was hired into Cirque du Soleil right out of college so there was just a really a huge variety of uh, performance styles and everything that I was uh, lucky to be around one of my favorite stories that has to do with the sixth sense has nothing to do with you oh yeah <laughs> it have, I don't know why I love this story so well, much I wonder does the, does the movie hold up if you know what happens oh, I watch it I watch it within the last year yeah oh, nice. and it holds up Totally. I would imagine because it's a great movie, yeah. but you know, I, I was dating a girl one time. It's an old story that we told a million times on this show. I don't know why this and is I was my... so excited because she was like, she had never seen it. So if you're like, oh my god, and you don't know what it's about, yeah, never seen it, didn't, uh, know, it didn't about. know anything about and it. You want to see, you want to see the look on someone's face when they <laughs> see the, the twist back in the day, <laughs> right? And all I wanted to see was her, her the look on her face when the twist came, because you and know you that, tell your secret. Yeah, yeah. you know, you know, you know that know? feeling when you're watching a movie with someone that you've seen. Yeah, and you you're you're so focused on them paying attention, like oh, you, you follow here. You see oh, that was so sweet. much of watching things today. I yeah, was yeah. so excited. So we're getting to it, and, and and I'm like, this is my cool bonding moment with this girl. You know, she's gonna think I'm cool because I'm I'm recommending this cool movie, and the yeah. twist is gonna get her. <laughs> Dude, I'm there, and and you know, this is a long time ago. Her my, her parents come home and you know oh, we pause the movie and the lights come on and they're coming back from and her her her, her mother is like oh my god what are you guys watching Uh-oh. and like oh we watched Six Sense <laughs> of course <laughs> oh I can't believe he was dead the whole time uh-huh. and I'm like oh <laughs> why would you do that why, why? Like, and then why? like and then the look on her face was just that of disappointment like ah oh, I oh, had a moment some- sort of like that I wasn't on a date but I was out at. Uh, seen a Nets game in Brooklyn and this was right when Breaking Bad was coming to an end. Yeah. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad, <laughs> yeah. pause for 20 seconds. But walking with a big group of people in a crowded concourse and my friend earlier had spoiled Hank's death for some yeah. people and she called to me. She's like, oh, hey, remember, remember when I told everybody that Hank was dead and you yeah. heard like a hundred oh, people go, God, right. yeah. the worst. <laughs> in a crowded the worst. concourse at, uh, and at Barclays. Oh, like, the timing <laughs> on my story was like right there. There. It's like Bruce Willis was right there talking to you. It was while the scene was happening. We paused oh it. Oh my god! I can't believe he was there the whole time. Hey, you know, here's something that we we thought of recently too. Haley Joel Osment on the Cavino and Rich show, and again, he's got a bunch of new stuff that we got to talk about. We we randomly said this. You never know how old people are when they do certain things because your your perspective as a kid is a little off. You know, Bruce Willis was was 32 when he did Die Hard. Yeah, is that right? Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, like it doesn't make sense. That's right? two years yeah. from you right now. God, I gotta hurry up. Yeah, <laughs> no, doesn't that put things in perspective? It like, really does. Wow, yeah. he was well, like, directors too. Like Paul Thomas Anderson was twenty-seven when he did Boogie Nights. Right, it's like, exactly. Geez. Like, yeah, you're thirty now. That yeah. would mean you have to be. Uh, uh, 
a, a major action star in two years. <laughs> I'll get to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but we forget that too because you know we're we're younger than them. Right. We, we assume the Beatles, you know, one of the most legendary bands of all time. And you're like, no wait, they were like twenty year old kids playing. A, I know. Yeah. Music together. And the whole thing was over in six years. Like, all right. of that is that six years. That is yeah. berserk. That Jeez. is berserk. Yeah. So, hey, I want to know when you went from that transition. And, and I know this is a lame question, but did the beard help? And when I say transition, <laughs> I mean from child. I don't, I don't mean like, hey, hey, Bruce Jenner. I don't mean that. I no, mean it from, was... from child to like getting that, that respect that you deserve as an actor. No, it was uh, honestly like I was surprised that I could even grow it. Like it <laughs> had not a lot of facial hair in high right. school, and then when I turned like nineteen, like this is possible. So for me, it was a way to be more anonymous in public. And then after college, there's a couple roles where it featured. And I think it features in, in Future Man a bit. Definitely featured in uh, Silicon Valley. That now it is no longer an effective method of disguise. So right, right. Once right. this round of films is over, I'll have to find a new look. <laughs> but, so what was the turning point? The, the you started doing HBO stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, what was where where did the ball start? Not that it ever stopped, but you went to school and things like that. When did it start rolling again for you? Was it the Broadway stuff? Like when did you really start getting out there again? Uh, I guess it would have been in 2013. I did a film in 2012 uh, called "I'll Follow You Down" in Canada uh, with Gillian Anderson and Victor Garber uh, and uh, Rufus Sewell. And then in 2013, I did this series called uh, The Spoils of Babylon with uh, Will Ferrell, Kristen Wiig, right. Tony McGuire, an amazing cast. That was sort of the first, because that was back in Los Angeles, and that was me having to, I really, when I went to college, wanted to live in New York forever, and that was, you know, over the past couple of years, it's been like, all right, I'll, you know, the industry is out here, I'll live in Los Angeles. Um, but that project and being sort of reacquainted with it and getting that experience with those actors, that sort of felt like the first thing back. And I wish we could make that series every summer forever. <laughs> now, the, the, the show you're in now, Future Man, that cast is fantastic. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, when I, I first started watching the show, cause it, it hooked me with two things. Done by, they said, from the creators of This is the End, which is a great movie. And, yeah. and, who doesn't uh, love time travel stuff, and what, you know? What, what, what does the trailer also say from This uh, is the End? Sausage and, Party and This right. is the yeah, End. So yeah, I was yeah. like, all right, it's got that, it's got that vibe. All right, no, yeah. I'm sold on that. Time travel gets me every time. Of course. And the cast is, is fantastic. Remind me, remind me some of the names here. The uh, the blonde uh, woman, Eliza, uh, uh, Eliza Coop, Eliza. Josh Hutcherson, Derek Wilson, Seth Rogen. It's uh, now, uh, Kristen Shaw this season. Eliza uh, Coop is so underrated as far as her comedic acting. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And this is a tour de force here. She play. I, I think the trailers have shown that she plays two versions of herself. We have clones in a scene together. That's an incredibly grueling way to shoot a, a series. So yeah, she's terrific. And. Uh, when when you when you watch this, you realize Derek Wilson is the guy that played her her uh, partner in crime, right? Yes, yeah, Tiger and Wolf. He's fucking amazing, this dude. Oh yeah, he's so good. Every honestly, and to break out uh, Seth Rogen is that was that a. a was that a strategic, like, let's break him out season two? No, they, uh, uh, he and Evan Goldberg uh, directed some episodes in season one and have executive produced the whole mm -hmm. thing. So they've been they've been part of the process through the whole thing. Uh, I think it just this one character sort of presented itself that seemed like it was perfect for Seth and a perfect time for him to appear in the show itself. Yeah. I, I know you're a professional, Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> I know this. You've been a professional since four years old. <laughs> but when a, when a Seth Rogen is involved and, and you're working with him and you're palling around with him, is there a part of you that thinks... 
networking because you know like he's doing movies too and and that could lead to other opportunities for you as an actor you can't think that way right. but it is it's just something that naturally happens when you work with people and you get along really well uh you know you just get to to uh, join up with them again in the future so right yeah your your focus is is should never be networking as much as it's just the, the task at it hand. can't be the yeah. the the goal but yeah. it is a good sort of a result by default no <laughs> well, if, if you do a good job at your job, you just hope that those th you know people will want you back the next right, time. Right, for sure. <laughs> it's such an odd thing, I, I'd imagine, because you don't want to act different around people. But you're probably always trying to be like, I'm a funny guy, so maybe if I, maybe if we bond enough, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll be, be part of the end, uh, two and three. Yeah, I think there. people have a great radar for that sort for of the thing, bullshit. though. In this the, industry, the bullshit. Did, did, yeah. you a, did you have a radar for that bullshit of uh, different dudes that wanted to hang or women that wanted to hang around because you were yeah. Haley Joel Osment? But as a kid, like you know, what am I? Like, <laughs> didn't I get exposed to that too much? Because it's like I can't greenlight anybody's project when I'm you know 12 years old or anything. That so, is true. Yeah. <laughs> you know who else is in uh, This Is The End that's, I mean, I think he's fantastic in everything he's done. In fact, let's see if you can guess who I'm talking about. And I've seen this guy do like one night only where he performs like playing the piano and singing yeah. songs. Oh, yeah. Keith, I know uh, what's about. his name? Keith David. Keith David. He played the, uh, from Something About Mary, the black guy that plays Apparently, the dad. He's yeah. super and, duper talented, And right? the thing, and like, every he's, he's on Rick and Morty a lot. Like, is, that guy, yeah. is that guy a super talented Renaissance what? man, yeah. <laughs> and he does some Nat King Cole stuff that's unbelievable. And, and speaking of talent, again, talented kid, talented adult. I hear not only you great golfer, but you're a great musician, like guitar player. Or is that over-exaggerated? It's really just a hobby of mine. But, but yeah, and actually some of the, the Future Man team, we uh, got a practice space and just we're, we're – Jamming uh, over over the break. That's one of a. That's how well we get along. But we you're. Go, but we, you're. Uh, right, kinda... Let's put it in reality. You're a big dreamer, right? I mean, it takes one to to want to make motion pictures and be on TV. Is there a part of you that's like, I'm gonna write a fucking hit song and, and throw it out there no. one day? Not uh, at all. It's really just for you know, just for enjoyment. I yeah, think you have it in you. I think one hit song. I can see it. Come on, you and Ed Sheeran, grab a guitar, write a song, get it Come out. Come on, there. Ed, hit like, him yeah. up. You're Haley Joel Osment. Be like, but tweet him. Be like, yo, let's do something. It's uh, that when I went to college in New York, that that. Was was one of the things I loved the most is that you could see a great show basically every night of the week and I got to hang out with a lot of musicians and everything and that still is one of my favorite things about that. You city. seem like such a New York guy at heart, right. but you're living yeah. out here. We're, we're, from, we're, from, yeah. we're from the East Coast living out here for the you know for the work and the purpose and yeah. all that stuff. Well, but if you come out here from the East Coast, I think the weather is a really exciting thing. Yeah, but for absolutely. me, like I'm so bored of sunny 70s. Like I, It drives me insane. It's raining right now. Oh, this is live, so we're not yeah, pretending. Yeah. Like, it's another day. It's raining right now, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We, I was in New York for a couple weeks around Christmas, and after a while, I was like, yo, this hustle bustle and the raining. I, I, was I was mad. I was happy to come back here for the yeah. first time ever. It it is really nice. It's really, it's really a nice place to live. Yo, something <laughs> I want to, I want, I want you to sell people on this because I feel like I've been trying. But the, the show, Future Man, yes. the, the whole premise is that they went, they go season one, they go back in time and they're trying to prevent Keith David. Keith David has herpes, right? Yeah, and he's coming up with <laughs> a cure that's, for that's it. The, the part of the the, he, yeah. This is why it's so hilarious. Keith David's character has herpes. He he is trying to find a cure of herpes. They go back in time to. Stop him from coming Stop up with his cure. Stop him from getting herpes yeah. because him getting herpes ends up is somehow correlated to the end of the world. Him curing her. He, he finds right. a cure for herpes and in doing that uh, causes the apocalypse and exterminates right. all life on so Earth. So they go yeah. back in time to try to prevent him from hooking up with the girl and doing it. So there's yeah. time travel. It's hilarious. The the tone shift in the, in the I, maybe not tone shift, but just like the design of both seasons is so different. It's, it's re really, really funny. Because season one, it was like this run and gun. They're in the 
40s, the 60s, the 80s. They're going all over the place trying to stop him from doing it. They succeed in season one. Well, catch up if you haven't watched it. Uh, and they kill Keith David in a big terrorist attack, and yeah. they think that they've saved the future. And all that happens is me, his assistant, carries on his work into the future and becomes sort of an uh, immortal figure who cures all of humanity's diseases and starts a huge war that ruins the world in a different way. And that's so, just funny. And then they guys. have to try and, and solve it again. So it's it's a very funny, uh, very silly show with some really uh, uh, trenchant themes as well. And by the way, <laughs> quick watch. Too. They were like, half, well, aren't they like half hour? Yeah, they're half hour. They're yeah. half hours. I remember being yeah. my wife and I zipped through. It, we're like, oh, next, because when it's a half hour, sometimes it's easy to just keep watching. Oh, you can do it in a lazy weekend, definitely. Yeah. Oh man, I just had one this past weekend. <laughs> <laughs> now, we have, now we have another one. Yeah. Next, next weekend, President's Man, Day weekend. Right. Yeah. Next, next weekend we have more four Martin Luther King Day's coming we're, up. We're, yeah. We have more football. We have Sebastian stand-up special. We have Future Man. So next weekend's going to be even there you lazy. Go. I'm going to be yeah. in my pajama pants two weekends in a row. And I'm uh, running out of time. But the movie man, the the, the tell us about that. Yeah, extremely the wicked. Ted Bundy, uh, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Um, this sounds cool because it's like the side of uh, like the, his charisma, like how he was charming with the ladies. It's not what, necessarily the the murdering side of the guy. Considering the number of murders he committed and all the horrible things that he did, it is one of the things that is crazy about him is that he was a master manipulator. He strung along two wives basically up to the point of his execu- the day of his execution. They weren't sure whether he had done it or not. And that's what this film is about. Uh, it's uh, Zac Efron and uh, Lily Collins who played his second wife um, and their relationship throughout all of his uh, many trials. Yeah. Zac Efron, Perfect. Jim Parsons, John Malkovich, that's right. who was great in Bird Box. Loved that. Did you like that? Oh, I got to see that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah it's good, it's good. Yeah. Hey man, it was a pleasure meeting you. Really nice to meet you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'd love you to come back anytime. Definitely. Cavino and Rich, best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. I was thinking about the last time we were in Vegas, or, you know, my many times here in Vegas. And I was thinking about this dinner I had. I remember Spot being there. We were at Rayos at Caesar's Palace, a great Italian restaurant. Yeah. And I'm I'm certain there was a third person there. And I'm baffled because I'm thinking, was it our buddy Matt or was it someone else? Was it our buddy Paul? I couldn't remember who the third person was for the life of me. So I'm trying to recreate that moment. Like, well, what did we talk about? What else went on? And all I remember is being there. And I remember Spot being there. That I'm certain about. And that's sort of like by default. Yeah, Spot was there. It was a work trip. Yeah, he was there. And then I started to think. Don't you sort of wish that there was a way, and I'm sure you can by logging your events and logging things on your phone, but who really does that? I know people do, but I don't know anyone that really does. But making mental notes and I logging mean, things of who you were with and, and social, what you did. Social media is a very good way to log your life, but you're saying specifically not even things that are, well, let's say Instagram worthy or Facebook worthy. Well, here's why. I don't know or attribute that memory with anyone specific. So it's almost lost. Like that friendship bonding moment with either Paul or Matt is totally lost and forgotten because it's hard for me to remember those things. I remember being there. I remember maybe when I got what I had. I might remember some of the conversation. I might not. But I don't remember everyone that was there. Like if you're thinking back at a ball game you went to. Do you remember everyone that was there? Do you remember the few that were there? Sometimes you you look back at your memories and you insert people that weren't even there. Yeah. Like your memories are way no, off. You were there, right, man? No, I wasn't no, there. I wasn't, I wasn't there. You know, that happens often. Yeah. So I feel like we're doing ourselves a disservice by not making more of a note because we're taken away from these bonds. 
You know, I really do. And, and I started thinking, well, let's say I was with Matt. I wonder how many times I've hung out with Matt. I wish there was a way to also say... You well, wish that there was a stat calculator on your life. Yeah. All right, I'll give you a great example. Because by having this, right, you could also make a mental note of like where these people sort of rank in your life in the past few years. Because you may be holding on to old friendships, but the reality is you haven't hung out with that person more than two times in the past five years. But you hung out with this guy 20 times in the past five years. You know what I mean? But you I've, don't really necessarily uh, give it the credit it deserves. I've thought about this. You think about it in a friendship really nice way. Like, hey, have I hung out with Barry more or have I hung out with Spot more? Yes. Like, hey, I wonder if I counted how many times. Have I have I got more drinks with Rich or more drinks with Gus? My question is, or, or my two-part thought is this. It'd be a nice way to relive those memories, you know, if we had these abilities, right? Black and mirror knows, style. Yeah, who knows what the future holds. But if I were to give you this sort of, this stat sort of calculator and this sort of power, what stat would intrigue you the most? Like oh, how many times I, you banged your wife? No, no, no. What I've thought about this. <laughs> well, you if know, you listen to yesterday's show, Richard Ron, how many times he stuck it in her butt? Or no, in it's butt. Not, no, I'm not worried about butt sex. That was yesterday. 80%. Right. <laughs> I, Jake, I'm telling you oh right now. I feel like butt if sex I could, stats were high this year. You talk about <laughs> wondering, man, I really wonder about my friendships. Have I hung out with Barry Moore or Gus Moore? Like, hey, uh. Yeah, I would want to know my friendship rankings. Uh, like, okay, I wonder where Sean the lawyer ranks on my how, how many rankings. times I've hung list. Yeah, hey, wow, I'm surprised to see that Matt is top three. My, who would have thought? Like, uh, here's a weird thing: is a lot of times people say you log and spend more hours with coworkers than friends. Like, so Jake, in the since we've been to LA, have yeah. you spent more time with Jake than anyone other than like two other people? Maybe I'm or with Jake at least three hours a day. That's true. So, so absolutely. And, like and Jake, those numbers in your would, life, those yeah. numbers would really like make you look at things differently. Where do, I mean, I know it's work, but we have fun at work, and I know out, outside of work, we're friends now. Yeah. Do you log more hours with anyone than us? I, I don't think I do. No, I, I don't think so. I think and you guys way, would be top. Jake, this little stat calculator, if we really were to have this, and, and again, you can make these things I know, possible, it's an unrealistic Black Mirror thing. But, you know, I would be able to log the hours that I really truly spend with my child. Like, no, no, no. I spent this many hours with her. There would be no discrepancies. You know, and uh -huh. there are ways to figure this out. I, I get it. I, want the, see, but it would really put your, your time and relationships into a different perspective. And, and again, you could also backtrack to those times because you know exactly what you were doing. And again... I know there's calendars and there's ways to figure these things out, but you don't have that at your fingertips. You just don't, unless you're some really, really uh, OCD uh, on the spectrum, like maniac that uh, I'm going to log every little moment of my life. Like, right. Yeah. Unless you're a maniac. There's, there's a word for that, though. Statistician. You're uh, mm, so you're OCD. Like overly. You're, no, there's no way people know what they do every day. Unless you keep a it. daily journal. Like today I had coffee with John and then I had dinner with Maggie. And then like well, no. people do do that. I, you know, well, you think of a clean way about it. Of course, people just think I'm fucking smutty to begin with. So I might as well tell well, you what, yeah, I, what I think. What's that? What do you want to look up? The minute you brought this up? Yeah. The minute you brought this up, all I kept thinking was how I've contemplated so many times in my life. Like, who is the top three in the in every sexual department, meaning not the best, not the worst, not performance, not the love behind it, the actual times, like how many times? How many times? Like who have I had sex with the most? The most, right? Like has has I mean, I so think I, you know, so I, and so surpassed that no, other the, person. The thing is, I think to myself. 
Well, I think I know the answer, but would I be surprised? Like in my mind, there's a couple people that I I think are clearly. You'd have to be surprised because I already made a, a case of how your mind plays tricks on you. But I I might think to myself, oh, it's obvious. Here are the people I've had sex with the most. But what if the research came back and there was a way you said Black Mirror style to to know these things? What if they're like. No, Rich, you dated that girl in college for eight months, but you guys had sex like twice a day. Oh, uh, every uh, day. You know, uh, every day. You know, Chrissy from college is uh, top five. I'm like, what? It's like when you find out an amazing imagine, baseball. Imagine Sarah still chasing Chrissy from college and nobody even knows. No, yeah. Well, look at it this way, too. How giving are you sexually with. Women. I, if, I'm sorry I'm getting smutty again two days in a row, but what I if I said to you? I knew the stat question would, would go this route. I sort of saw that coming because, you know, yeah. in your defense, those would be interesting numbers to have. Kavino. Yeah. Do you think you could? I'm not asking you to name names, but if I said, because you're thinking sex, what if it's like, when was Kavino a giving man? Do you know which girl in your life you've gone down on the most? And can you do you, like any clue? Would it be would it be an obvious like? Well, in college, this girl really liked it, or hey, this girl I dated, or my ex, or this person, I did this act with the most. No, because you would you would be so surprised, and whatever you think is right is probably wrong. Because what are you relying on? The mental snapshot that you have. I think the, the, your, what does your memory provide? The lesson. Do you here, think in moving picture, or do you think in like a snapshot? The lesson here, Jake, and I want you to pay attention because yep. you're still young to capture these moments mentally. <laughs> Your memory and what you see, and, and videos and TV shows and specials have proved this. People are tel- terrible at recollecting what happened. They'll do these little things where someone comes in the room and robs someone, and it's a fake, it's a setup. And then they ask the people in the restaurant, like, hey, uh, what did you see? Yeah, your brain fills in the blanks. And it could be a fucking uh, Puerto Rican guy with a red shirt on, and someone's like, yeah, I think I saw a white guy with a flannel shirt. I think I saw a black guy with, uh, you know, black pants on. People, their memory does not serve them well at all. And I think about this, you're right, with sexual stuff. Even this, I thought. I had another deep thought. You, you were thinking friendships. I was thinking, of course, smut. Well, it was a great way to look back at the memory and sort of relive it. Like, one of our, our listener friends hit us up, right? Yeah. And don't forget your thought because it goes yeah. with what you're saying. And he goes, Rich, do you remember... The people that came over, you're in Sarah's apartment in Hoboken for DBC2. So apparently, at our second listener convention, we had listener Ugh. friends of ours yeah. go to your apartment just to hang out. That's how open and generous I am. Do you remember I who was there? To, uh, can, you, can you visually look around the room and see? Oh, it's Rocket Dog. Pete Nice, J-Dub. Rocket Dog? Is that it? Those three? Oh, I don't know. I just sort of I planted know. that I one know. I think you. those three? I don't know. Really? I, I, See, but I, wouldn't your friendship feel different now if I told you? No, Eddie, your DJ was there. Was he? Yeah, Wait. he was. I think he might have been. You see? No. But you see what I mean? Wait. Like, now I, you're like, oh, yeah. I, he I, was there. I, I've thought of this, too. Some people are just, you know, because he wasn't spreading his ass cheeks open that day. Whoa. You, you, you know, or lighting his farts on fire, I meant. You, you you don't sort of give that guy credit for being there because he really didn't do anything that awesome. If but he just, was there. If you're just joining us, this he is was a, part of the memory. If you're just joining us, Kavino and Rich, uh, it is an actually very interesting deep thought from Kavino. It's very Black Mirror, uh, not Bandersnatch style. It's very Black it, Mirror. It's not the greatest. I was just trying to remember who I went to dinner with, and I never remember those things. I really can't. I, I vaguely remember a part of it, but, and and I don't know who to attribute that memory to. I, I But I look at it this way. Your point is great because 
we all have these great memories and stories and experiences, but a lot of times we forget who we're with, how old we were, where you were. There's so many things our, our mind really doesn't remember, and you're just filling in the blanks. Like, there's a story. For some reason, there's a old-school radio story. There's apparently a night that all the radio people that we hung out with in New York talk about this one night. Like and it's a, in shining armor. No, one 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 night we went Was out to a lot? we went out to a club in New York City, Jake, on Thanksgiving Eve, the night before Thanksgiving, that okay. party night. Yeah, it yeah. was in the two thousands, and it was a night that our old school radio buds will still talk about because that night, I guess. Everyone was just really happy. Everyone was really drunk and having fun. They were funny Everyone stories. Everyone was young, drunk, and it was like boobies out. Yeah, and there was, I remember, I remember there were girls. For some reason that night, there was, I think everyone was like hooking up with different hot girls. Like it was like one of those nights where our old school buddies love to remember that was one of the most quote unquote classic nights. We swear Spot was there. Spot's like, Spot's no. like oh, guys, I, re- I really wasn't there that He's night. He's like, I love that you think I was part of this, I but never I was not there that night. Yeah. And people are like, dude, Spot, you were there. I remember it. And Spot's like, I, I love that you think I was there, but I was working that night. No, I was working making pastrami. And women, yeah. they have better recollection because they take pictures of everything. You know, if guys are going out and it's just, you know, a few buds, you're not really capturing that moment at all. No. So it sort of happens and is forgotten. And then there's sometimes that something crazy happens and you don't know who you shared that memory with. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I, I have this memory of I was at a Yankee game and... This dude fell from the top, the top tier onto the the onto net. The, onto the queen? Yeah, and I'm like, well, oh no, onto the. Oh. I'm like, did I dream that? Not onto the queen, onto the netting behind home plate. I remember that actually, right? And I'm like, did I dream that, or did I just see this on a highlight and just pretend like I was there? I'm like, I know I was there when that happened. And then recently, my buddy Sean was like, remember the time we were at the Yankee game? And I'm like, yes, and. And the guy fell. Oh, oh yeah. you were there. You were there. Oh, that was great. So sometimes that's what you rely on. The, the only time it comes to fruition and, and it's all put you know, back into your mind is when someone justifies Ooh. that it happened and they were there too. I want our listeners and friends of the show to get all Netflix black mirror on us. It's very hard to put yourself in this mindset, but later no, no, on no. I'll try to think no, about it. No, I this. want everyone to think and, and hit us up right now. 866-969-1969. I think it's an interesting question to answer. What do you wish you had a better recollection of? Like, I said to you, the like, wait, what's, definitely like girlfriends. No, but, but it's always going to go there. What skill? Your escapades. Do you wish? I like, do you wish like you knew the numbers of different sexual partners. Do you wish like you and I the other day we're in Vegas? It, like it'd be called an it's an app called like Relationship Tracker, and, and then I, you can't go down to women. But I said like, to you, oh, the, wow. I said to you the other day we're in Vegas. How many times we've we been to Vegas? I have no clue. If you told me I was in Vegas 30 times in my life, I'd say, really? And if you said you were in Vegas 90 times in your life, I'd say, really? Like, I, I have no clue. But that's another great thing that you don't have any true understanding of. You don't know the stat, and I would want to know that too. I would totally want to know that. How many times yeah, have I been I, in Las Vegas? Our brains are all mush, really. When If I say Cavino... I was uh, I was on a vacation once. I remember being at this all-inclusive resort where there was a cool swim-up pool, and I remember thinking, "Oh, it was a, the setup was dope." I couldn't tell you what girl I was with, and if that was uh, Riviera Maya or Dominican Republic or or somewhere or Bahamas. Like I don't know. You don't. Your mind doesn't fill in these blanks. Absolutely. I, I was thinking about being on the Vegas trip and going out for drinks, and I'm like, I'm like, 
yeah, it was me and Jordan. I'm like, no, it wasn't me and Jordan. Can't be you and Jordan. You're like, that was too. I was like, I've only been to Vegas with her like twice. It wasn't me and Jordan. I was thinking about something totally different because I don't have my relationship tracker uh-huh. that I need uh-huh. for my own memories. Because, uh, you know, to wrap this up, I think if you were to look at the numbers and you, you would put them into perspective, you would say things like, you know, Jake, who I see three hours a day, I Jake probably him. am closer to Jake than I am with people that I barely even talk to. I just hold on to those memories so much stronger. But if you look at the stats, yeah. I'm with Jake 15 hours a week. Yeah. There's Every people I week. Jake and more. But Jake, you know, four uh, hours a day. You yeah. know how sometimes they say with presidents, they need to be out of office for a few decades for you to really decide if they were good or bad. Yeah, like yeah, we're still yeah. like we're still we're still writing the you know, the 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 book has not been written on Bush and Obama and our previous presidents because not enough time has passed to really judge their performance. Mm-hmm. I think with friendships, some of your the current people that, to be honest, Jake, I feel like we downplay you. Like in the back of my mind, because I'm thinking I worked with people way less close than I do with Jake. Yeah. That maybe I worked with for a couple of years at Z100, and I look at those memories and friendships like, oh, we were tight. Right. Those are the uh, the golden days. No. Our minds play weird tricks on us. That's that's really my point. You spent more time with Jake than Maddie I or or any of your old school K Rock guys. Dude, whoever I was eating dinner with, which started this whole thought process, is probably a closer friend to me than anyone else I've hung out with in the past five years. Yep. Because I at least I had that memory. I just don't remember who it was. Right. Eddie or DJ hits us up and he goes, At DBC two, you know who was at your house? Okay. Eddie. Yeah, all right. Matt in Minnesota. Okay, J Dub Mercer man, Mercer man, Big Daddy Hammer. Oh, Pete Nice. Oh, and J Dub. So you forgot one, two, three, four of those people. I think I would have remembered if I really put my uh... right, right. I don't know. You're but, right. but again, that proves the thought and the theory, which isn't that great and isn't that deep. But I think all of us wish we had some sort of stat tracker that we would use. It's like much like the internet. You know, it's there for good things, but we use it for smutty reasons. Yeah. We would use this relationship tracker or app or whatever device it would be to totally pull out. Like, there, How many a, loads did I blow in, in 2007? There is. A, oh, by the way, what a great question. <laughs> hey, Jake. <laughs> that's all we really use no, it for. Honestly, are you asking are, me that question? No, bro. I, no. You know, 2007, I had uh, 103 loads. Jake, I got I to gotta step my game up in 2019. Jake was 13. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just discovering my boat. Yeah, 07 was a big year for us, Rich. I don't know if you remember. We did a lot of traveling, a lot of fun that year. Um, no, but you just said how many. You grossly said how many loads did you blow? I wonder. But you would use it for bad, no, bad I, stats. No, but I wonder what year. You're, fo- you're 42. Yeah. What year do you think Cavino dropped the most loads? <laughs> do you think it'll be like, oh, 96? Clearly 96. But then again, 07. But you know, the last couple of years, maybe maybe uh, 2017, oh, no, that was a bad year. Like, I guarantee, it would be amazing to see the, you know what it is on sports channels now? You see all these amazing, these statisticians pull out these stats out of their butthole. And when you think about it, I'm not saying these load-dropping stats are important. They're, they're just interesting. Uh, they're interesting. But we keep such close stats to people hitting balls, which yeah. in the big picture means Jack diddly do. Yeah. Yet we can't. Tell you how many times we took our kid to the park, how many times we had dinner with our friends, who was even fucking there. You know, we don't take any sort of note whatsoever of these things. 
in our life, which means a hell of a lot more yeah. than how many uh, points James Harden had yesterday. All right, let's go to which your was, phone I think, calls. 42 or something. Uh, Sean in Jersey, what's up, man? You're on the show. Kevin on Rich. What's hey, up, Sean. Oh, hey, guys. I think if I had the ability to have, like, a stat tracker or a video, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, the Wonder Years version of myself where, uh, you know, I could kind of compare myself to what I was and what I remember. So, uh, you know, that, that 11 to 15-year-old base. Yeah, dude, not yeah. not not to sound extra corny, you know, but to tie both thoughts together, I would like to know or go back and look Wonder Year style. Wouldn't you want to see yourself what fucking playing, would you playing do Little League or some shit? Time. You would you would watch yourself playing Little League. You're like, and Grandma was there. Ah! Yeah, you're like, or, I or, forgot or, my or, Grandma or was there. Dude, what you remember and what actually happened. But Sean, I'm lucky. You, I have like a really good memory, and my friends are like, "Dude, man, you remember? How did you remember that?" I'm like, "I can remember some things as vividly. I mean, at least I believe they are, and I can tell you who was there, where it was. But I had those times where someone goes, "Dude, that never happened." But I think for the most part, people are like, "Dude, you have a great memory," and I, I'm lucky. I can really visually see that stuff. But yeah, you could have dreamt it. You know, who knows? And, 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 you know, there are people that think like you, Sean, but guys like me, I can't remember who was there all the time. I really can't. You know, you may watch a, a highlight video of you and you're playing Little League and, and you're like, man, I can't. I, I, I hit a home run that day. Grandma was there. I didn't even know. And then that it means so much more to you. Yeah. But you have no recollection of that. So it's a. It's, it's a, a it, over your head like softball. Now. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a weird mindset. Thank you, Sean. Let's go to Eric in Alberta. What's up, Eric? You're on the show. Morning, gentlemen. How's it going today? It's a weird thought. It's a weird thought. What's up? So, yeah, um, just to chime in on the whole your mind playing tricks on you, um, you know, a great example for that is the whole Mandela effect. I mean, there's something that you believe is concrete memory from, you know, the past or your childhood or whatever, and come to realize that it was completely false. A thousand percent. It could have been a fucking dream you had, because there's no difference... If you think of dreams you've had, the memory feels exactly the same as if it were to happen. You know what I mean? If you think of a stupid dream you had and you think of playing, you know, wiffle ball in your backyard when you were a kid, it's no different in your mind. The memory is still the same or the visual is still the same in your mind. You may attribute dreams you had as to real memories. You don't know. That sometimes. never happened. Uh, Iowa goes, now here's, here's the, the downside of talking this stuff on a Thursday morning. Everything you're talking about is shinfo, shitty information. Who cares about this stuff? How many times you went to Vegas? Who gives a shit? What friend you hung out with? Who cares? I, I see where he's coming from. I do because you have to put yourself in that mindset. You know, these thoughts are hard to sort of, not that they're deep by any means, but, but this hard, guy's to, saying, this guy's saying hard like, to embrace when you're like not in that zone. But what I'm trying to say is I think you would put or categorize people in your life differently based on the facts. You know, you're like, yeah, uh, Uncle uh, Uncle Jeff's dick. And then you look back, and you're like, yeah, dude, Uncle Jeff was at all my Little League games growing up. Maybe he's not such a dick. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I'm the dick. You know, hey, uh, me, and, me and Barry are the fucking best friends. And then I look at the stats, and I'm like, I hung out with Matt way more than I hung out with fucking Barry in the past five years. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just saying it would make you look at things differently. I, I think your thought is deep. I think it would be... Very Black Mirror-ish, but sports seem to do it for everything, and everyone embraces it and loves it. It would be just sort of handy to have that in your real life, where they could say, hey, on... Get this. They'll be like, hey, when Jacob DeGrom pitches in day games during the week, he's... And this is his record. Yeah, imagine that, if you had, like, you know... 
when Rich blows a load early in the afternoon, forget, he, he's known to last longer at night. No, forget the forget the sex stuff. But no, let's say let's Why? say that's the shit you would use it for. No, but I'm I saying, guarantee be you, honest, Rich, that is what you I, would use. Not, I would, <laughs> not even just Rich. Everybody, we would be like, yo, my nighttime performances are on par this year. No, but I think you you'd wonder. You do a lot of comparing and contrasting to different jobs, friends, lovers. Like you, you would you would go through all of this shit and really, if you had, if you had the resources that some of these stat tracking sports shows have, and you could apply it to your real life, like hey. Uh, how much money did I waste on me? What year did I oh, waste the most money? That's a fucking Ooh, great one. That's a, good Yo, one. That's a great one. Yo, uh, so you're trying to say 2012 is the year I wasted the most meaningless money on drinks and dinners and fucking coffee. And I, I spent $600 on pizza alone. <laughs> you would, I would love to know those things. Cavino and Rich, best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. Sarah's going to Texas tomorrow for like weeks to fix up this house we got. And I told her, I was like, every decision is yours. Because I'm not going to be there. It seems to me you're just washing your hands of it. Because Disguised in the form of you're giving her all the power to make the decisions. Well, I, it's so hard to be able to make decisions from a distance. True. Yeah, you got you to gotta trust her eyes if, on if I'm If I'm in California and she's in Texas and she's saying, we need a new shower door for this we need a new shower door for the stall if we're going to try to rent this out to someone. It's a property we bought that we're going to use as a rental property. So I'm sort of taking her complete word on what needs to be fixed up. And I'm, I'm really towing the line between, hey, Sarah, what do you think you could do? And what do you think maybe like you and your stepdad could fix up or something without us actually hiring someone? Like you want her to grab a paintbrush? Well, no, painting is. Yeah, she'll paint. She like said, that, yeah. That Windy City uh, renovation chick. On HGTV, have you seen her? She looks like uh, Diana Rossini, taking down walls. I look at it this way: painting, yes; straightening up, getting you know, doing it yourself, or getting like a landscaper to do a little curb appeal, raking or fixing up at the outside. Maybe power wash the siding or something like that. Rent the power washer at Home Depot or something. But I'm saying, besides that type of stuff, do you start trusting yourself to do things that? Don't see. Maybe might not be the easiest. She's in Texas, right? Yeah. She should hire Shorty from the Chip and Joanna's crew. Yeah, get get him out there. Get Shorty out there. He's not working right now. But I feel like it's one of those things where I don't know. You trust Sarah? Look, painting's painting. Yeah. It's not like she's doing some Bob Ross shit. She's just painting walls. But that's a lot on her, right? I'm sure she could do it with the help of her dad said, and other people. She said she wants to sand some of the cabinets and put on some new knobs. I'm like, all right, that's easy. You could do that. Sand the cabinets. Like sand the sand the kitchen cabinets and and just and then refinish them, refi like refinish them or paint them. That's or a fucking big task. No, she's gonna be there for a long time. How long? Weeks. Weeks. Yeah. Jeez. So she's doing cabinets. What if it's one of those like HGTV disasters where like she realizes there's there's cracks in the foundation? They have to fucking. Well, you do that with the the house inspection. So <laughs> thank thank you for jinxing that. No, but no, she. Uh, it's. No, I think this. What I was that, trying to say is that that she bit off a little more than she could chew. You know, that that's always a possibility. I look at it and say, there's certain things I know you could do no matter how good or bad you are. I would I, not I take on the responsibility of sanding and painting cabinets. That I, seems I, like I know the it sounds most, easy, that seems but like the most minimal thing. I'm not saying that sounds hard, but it sounds like that could take a minute. Yeah. I think so. Depends how detailed these cabinets are. 
Okay, so you got that, but then I'm thinking, once you get like, do you I think need a simple, just plain cabinets? Like, would you be able to do a backsplash in a kitchen by yourself? Me? Yeah, I'm sure I could do all of this by myself. But how good? Spot, is would it? you do a backsplash you know? in a kitchen by yourself? It would take me a long yeah. time. But like, you, would you hire someone or would you do it? No, I would hire somebody. I do by myself. They make it super easy. You really would? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I but totally I, wouldn't. They make them. They make I, them super easy now. Yeah. Because I'm telling Sarah, I was like, listen, if this, if the whole idea of this is a rental property. The more money we put into it, we're just defeating the purpose of like this is something we're supposed to break even or make money off of. So the more money we put into fixing it, it's just defeating the whole purpose, bigger picture. So it's like putting, put, it's like getting a lease and putting a lot of money down for no reason. It's just a lease. Yeah, or it's like it's like, uh, it's like putting the, the little, the little, or the least you put into it, the better. It's like putting so much money into a business before you even start turning a profit. It's like you can't just keep putting money into a business. Without the concept of like, all right, when are we going to start seeing a, a profit being turned? So that's how I'm looking at it. So if anyone has any advice on things that are simpler than they look or harder than they look, please hit us up on social media because Sarah leaves tomorrow. Like I said, this could be, you know, she we, we haven't bought her a plane ticket back. Oh, my God. She has a one-way ticket to Texas with a, let's see how long this takes you to figure out. She has to call up Chip Gaines. That's my new man crush. Yeah, Chip I yeah, hated him. See, Chip see what happens? I hated him. Now I love the guy. Now I get it. Now I'm wondering if Joanna even deserves this guy. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. No. This guy's phenomenal. He's mediocre. He's handy. He's handsome. He's handsome. He's like he's he's got great hair. This guy, that guy. She should hire that guy. Clearly, you're no Chip Gaines no. to to her Joanna skills that she's putting to the test. And then when you need someone to do something, let's say you want a new toilet, right? Yeah. New toilets not expensive. Don't get those midget toilets. No offense no, no, to no. the to the to the smaller people out there. But no offense to midgets. No offense to the little people. No offense to Tyrion. Right. But if you get a new toilet, and when I when I mean midget toilets, I mean I like the long oval shaped toilet seat, oh, not the like round like little a, ones. The ones that look like a Chicago Bears logo. The Chicago Bear logo <laughs> seat is the best one. I saw the pictures. Um, looks like a toilet for a reason. Was it Dak Prescott holding up that shirt? Or I have seen it. I've seen it. Um, not the little round donut like you're shitting into a donut toilets. You want to shape into an. You want to shit into an oval. I prefer shitting into ovals. No one. I, I don't know how put, some. Mark that on. Put that on my Wikipedia, please. I don't know how some people like shitting into a donut. I shitting into a. You have, yeah. Spot in spots of Harbin. Spots got donut toilets. Yeah, I gotta rest my balls on the front of the toilet seat. Yeah, I got. They're too small. It's too small to even tuck your junk. Yeah, no. That's so weak. You gotta I make hate a, that. You gotta have to make a junk uh, cushion out of toilet paper. It's the worst. I need oval seats. And hope that you don't uh, squirt a little pee in mid poo. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> Paint all of Spot's wall. So I, 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 that's a whole interesting scenario. Spot, what's your hot take on that? Just hearing that Sarah's going away to her home state, if you're yeah. new to our show. But he's putting all of this sort of on her. Of course, Rich is, is doing um, most of the like the financial backing of it. So yeah, you know, but, this but, is her, her sort of... Um, I mean, she's done her baby, a, what, what, her, what, her baby, what, her yeah, project, her passion, of, passion project. She's done a lot of great projects around the house. Like well, last time I went to your house, I'm like, I, well, you have. She built this desk for you. She put all these shelves up. Yeah, she's it's pretty like, handy. I think I think she's handy. I think she has the ability. I think. But you've she seen has some. Pin, you've seen some Pinterest fails. I mean, I've seen Pinterest fails, and and let's be honest. Every time you do something, it's trial and error. Like like I said, I could put to put a backsplash in. I've never done it, so I'm sure the first time it's not going to be. Yeah, it's going to take a long time too. It's going to take a long time yeah 
But they've made it so easy. They have like uh, sticky backs where you don't even need to like put. Shut up! Really? Thing. Yeah. You don't even need to. You put just gotta uh, cut yeah, it you out. Put, like caulker or whatever they. Or plaster. Yeah. Spackle. You, yeah, you just you put down these sticky uh, like strips and you just lay. It's in one big cube. One big square, and you just lay it on the wall. So that that stuff's super easy. I'll give it to Sarah. She is handier than the average, uh, f- even fella. You know, she's handier than Rich. That's for sure. She did. She's made desks. She's put up shelves that yeah. she's made. But it's it's one of those things where she, she's crafty like that. She's and, crafty. And yeah, that. Sarah Sarah's family could help manage the property if there's issues. Since we're in California, but so that's why we bought in her area. I'm just saying, as we as we try to fix this up for a renter, it could be rented right now. But you know the whole mindset of like, if you put a little money into it, you could probably get more rent for it, which is probably better for the long term. Mm-hmm. I just don't know where that beginning and end is because I'm not I'm not such a veteran to this. So I'm telling Sarah, if you go to Home Depot, you're getting some tiles. Like I I expect you not to be picking tiles that you would want for our own house. Like put down like, let's go cheap here. The cheap boys. Like, but you don't want to go too cheap. But you don't want to. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's it's not where you're living, but you want it to look nice. That's all. I get it. It should uh it should almost look like a porn set where it's a lot of gene- it's a lot of like generic yet nice stuff. A lot of IKEA shopping. Like low low furniture to fuck on? That too. You but no, like, you know what I mean? It's like it looks presentable but it's not really nice. Porn furniture amazes me now that you bring that up spot because I'm like <laughs> I, I have no furniture that's really like like I'm like, "Oh, they went with the hemness." Like <laughs> it's not <laughs> well, the right uh, level for oh. that. Is that a uh, is that a calyx shelf? Doorknobs and cabinet <laughs> handles are a great place to start. Those are little inexpensive oh, things so that people great. notice. That people notice. Door handles, cabinets. Yeah, it just it's that's all. The end. It just I see this turning into something where I'm like I, I don't want to be. I want to have total confidence that it's gonna be totally easy. But I could feel like Sarah's gonna call me and be like, "Yeah, I'm at Home Depot," and give me some numbers that I'm not gonna be happy with. Yeah, it's like I, I got like spend like five thousand dollars in tiles. It's like it's, I want to spend uh, like two hundred thousand. It's Italian marble. Meanwhile, she's you know got a, got a a major responsibility with her baby with because obviously Emmy's going to Texas, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Grandma, that's I why. Know she, yeah. I know, but still, she, you know, she still has to be mom. So that's a big, big job for her. So I wish her all the luck because I know she has to report to, to Rich Davis, the foreman, the, the, the foreman. <laughs> no, like, I told him listen, I said, listen, we have, we listen, have a, I'm the priority investor here. Well, hold on, we have a lot going on with the radio I show. I want this job done by, by. With, do you have a date? I need it done. No, I my by goal, January 25th. No, my goal is I we, if we have to eat a month, that's fine, but we need a renter by March 1st. Oh wow, pressure. That's not really pressure. Yeah. A, a, a renter in a month and a half? You also, you, hold on. Yeah. You, you also have to have realistic expectations. If there's things, things take time. And that's why she's going down there with no agenda. But so I'm she saying, do if, she's a, if she's a solo person, even if she has outside people do it, you can't just expect someone to be at your beck and call right, painting, and come in and do something painting right a, away. Painting a few rooms a day or so tops. Are you kidding? It takes me a fucking day or so just to tape around the edges. Depends, ten, how much t- how much help she has to fucking put up tape. What about, what about the ceiling? And then she's gonna realize the ceilings need to be painted probably. After spackle, that. you got to spackle let the yeah. spackle dry. It's like uh, opening up a can of worms. No, a little bit. Never, fixtures. I, she no. can be changing light fixtures. Painting six hours. Six hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's say painting takes her two days, right? Okay. okay. Three. I'll, I'll be so. Got to pick out the paint colors. So you do painting the neutral colors. 
you you maybe she you got a brush. She's got to go back and forth to the depot. Maybe you find a cleaning person to do like fifty to hundred bucks to like really do the deep cleaning in certain areas of the house. Fifty and... to hundred bucks for a deep cleaning? Yeah, hundred bucks. It's fucking Texas. magical world do you Texas. live in? Texas. It's Texas, but yeah, but it's, it's some things are are standard cost. A couple hundred bucks on a landscaper. A couple hundred bucks on a landscaper and cleaning person to sort of do the. I guess you would say what the basic cleaning, right? Painting and knobs and cabinets should be a day. Go to Home Depot, get knobs, cabinets, do all the replacing. Now I got her in three days. <laughs> Dickie the foreman. Are you You're right? I got her in three days. Rich is come out with one of those. What she could do with the other uh, four two days a week. I, I don't even know what they do, but you know those little magnifying things, the little telescope things that people, when people set up when they're constructing stuff? Rich is going to come out with one of those. Like, he's gonna, Rich is going to come in with fucking not having any take or, or, or any, like anything to do to with like this. Survey, like, land? Yeah. You know, things? Yeah. That's nothing to yeah. do with No, I know. He's going to come with one of those, though. I picture Rich with one of those. Has nothing to do with, I like, construction. This house is not level. So I, I see Rich coming in there and then all of a sudden calling all the shots. Meanwhile, I had yeah. nothing to do with oh, any By the way, look, uh, this, I, I'm in the same boat as I'm in, this These is are the colors? No, hold on, Luth. Uh, listen, what are we, it's, the, the people that rent can end up paint whatever the hell they want to paint. Eggshell? I said Matt. This isn't Matt. This is fucking semi-gloss. I think if Looks correct like me if scat. correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you if you buy a place that you're gonna rent out to someone else, you need yeah. to a paint neutral colors, clean. Change some doorknobs, some cabinet handles, shit like that. Yeah, I think you want it to look clean. clean you just yeah. want it to look clean. clean. That's all. I agree. And I think that plus maybe like Nashville, uh, Luther in Oakland has a property in Nashville and said, just spend a little money in the bathroom and kitchen to spice it up a little bit. And the other rooms, people are just going to live in. So bathroom, kitchen, a little, a little spice up. Clean it up a little bit. Maybe new backdrop, maybe a new, maybe, maybe a few, new, new handles here and there. Yeah, some new handles on the uh, on the on the sinks. Maybe a new uh, what do you call it above the mirror? The little uh, the lighting. The women have a fancy name for that. What is the... it? The I know. Come on. The lighting. Come on. The thing. The mirror thing. Yeah. What is it called? The mirror thing. What's it called? You fucker. The fact that you put me on the spot is why I can't think of it. The What's it called? Oh, Spot, what's it called? Spot, what is it called? Uh, the time you waste doing everything yourself, you could have a renter in there. Yeah, I know. Just, that's the thing, too. Like, do I try to, do I say don't do anything to it and try to get a renter February 1st? Or do I say, hey, put, let's let's fix it up a little bit, get a renter for March 1st? I don't know. I'm sure other people deal with these things. Like, like oh, vanity. The vanity The mirror. vanity. Son of a yeah, the biscuit. Yeah, van the vanity. Thank you, Tommy Brown. The vanity. So shout out to Eddie Arcadian. One other thing. Yeah. And then uh, there'll be no more self-serving could be on rich radio. No, I mean, hey, that's your life. That's the update. People well, debate uh, these I'm, things. I'm not the first person to be a person renting out a property. Do you I say- also find it interesting that, you know, Sarah has this major, major passion project that she's doing. And I feel like there's probably a lot of pressure on her to come through. So um, I'm rooting for her because there's always a timeline. Like you said, like any stupid show that we watch, time is money at that point, too. Yeah. So every, every day that goes by- if it's not ready by March 1st and you don't have a renter, that's just more money that you're losing. I, th I thought February 1st was pushing it, so I said March 1st seems yeah. realistic, right? 866-969-1969. Mm -hmm. um, We're going to welcome Haley Joel Osmond in a second. But one last question, Spot. Do you say, because this could make it easier or harder to find a tenant, do you say absolutely yes or no to pets and what types? Hmm. 
I say no to like you know the the piglets and ferrets and I wouldn't like that. turn. Do you, say, do you say yeah okay to small dogs pets? and cats or or cats and no because cats are stank. Do you have any carpets? Because that's a key factor. I think I get in the bedrooms. There's probably carpets. Yeah, because then your carpets are fucked. You should you have to put in a, a pet cleaning clause. Uh, like maybe a, an additional pet deposit, perhaps. Yes. And none of huh. this fucking emotional support bullshit. It's a cleaning fee. Yeah, of course. But a, a, like a, a deposit. So when you leave, we assess it and see if it needs a cleaning. Okay. Not even assess it. It's like, it's a cost. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for the feedback. Um, By the way, so unrealistic. What? <laughs> Expectations. Mine? Yeah. So I would say, I would say, three days. you know what you need to do? You need to get the tenant lined up from, from you said by March. Yeah. Have the tenant lined up. Because then you have no excuse but to get done by then. Yeah, but you can't rent out a place. What do you rent out a place with it not done? You say this, it's in the process of being finished. Yeah, you could, you could still welcome I saw, people in. I saw mm-hmm. my apartment. I bought bef- my apartment. It wasn't fixed up yet. I saw my apartment before it was even renovated. I, bought, I got my last house before it was even close to finished. No, I'm going to say, Sarah, to three days. My, par- my apartment had wall-to-wall carpet. I give it three days. Hold on. Her flight's out Tuesday? Oh, I should be planning on booking her a flight back on the weekends. <laughs> she said, she, you know what she said yesterday? Two to three weeks. I'm like, two to three weeks? You're out of your mind? I'm going to miss Emmy. I can't be away from Emmy for two to three weeks. Yeah, you're going to be busy. I was like, come on. All right. So I, think it's I, I, think- I say two to three days. <laughs> Get your fucking ass in gear. Wake up at 6 a.m., Sarah, and work and work until maybe 9, 10 o'clock at night. Oh, my God. Put some work in. Oh, my God. Well, I'm going to be checking up on her. I'm going to be like, yo, FaceTime me. Let me see what you're doing. 18-hour days. 18-hour days. You should ever set up cameras. 18-hour days. No, yeah, Rich, Rich, you should set up cameras so you can tell her what to do. You missed the spot. <laughs> you could just random. Right like, there. Right there, you missed the spot. Like, kind of like how I randomly check in on my wife. You can randomly just check in and be like, Sarah, you missed a spot. Oh, that's, that was me growing up when my dad did everything. You missed a spot. I come walking in like, yeah, dad, you missed a spot right there. Hey, why don't you kiss off? If you ain't going to help, mind your business. Sarah, why are you sitting down and resting? Yeah. Sarah, chop, chop. Wait, is it break time? What? Rich, is that you? Why are you watching me? Come on now, time is money. Bob and Reno, one call in the wall. Welcome a guest. What's up, Bob? Hey, good morning, fellas. What's Here's up? The deal. Uh, a couple quick things. Insist. They get rental insurance, get a copy of their policy. It's not expensive for them either, but insist you get a copy of the policy before you rent to them. That's Don't a, do yeah. pets, and here's why. It sounds kind of hard-ass, but, but here's why. Every person, think of all your friends with dogs, cats, whatever. They always lie about how good they are. They mind. They don't pee, blah, 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 whatever. It always turns into something way bigger, and then you're, you're on the hook. Um, it, it, pet yep. deposits don't cover it. Five hundred dollars, which seems steep to the renter, is not going to cover two thousand dollars with a carpet or whatever. Uh, also, your your home inspection doesn't cover a complete electrical and plumbing inspection. We did it. We did that. We did. We did. We did the uh, additional plumbing and all that before we closed on the house. There you go. Okay, that's that's good then. Yeah. So and get a plumber and electrician on the hook, just so something happens overnight because renters will always try to make you pay for this, that, this, that, and, and nothing ever happens Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. It's always Saturday night at midnight when you're out having cocktails or whatever, even though it's in Texas. Get somebody like that on the hook, but I can't stress enough. It sounds like a hard-ass move. No pets. No pets, no pets, yeah. no pets. I know it sounds tough, and but you're right. to get insurance. Thank you, Bob. All right, later, folks. 
Later, brother. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's always people without pets that are looking to rent. I, I would also I don't say, have pets. I would say also don't rent to a person like me who's completely inept. <laughs> because like when I have an issue, like if, even if it's like something's jammed in my garbage disposal and it's probably like a fork that I could easily take out, you know damn well I'm like, hey, hey guys, can yeah. garbage disposal. You know, don't want to get my yeah. hands dirty. Mm -hmm. Try to find someone that seems yeah, do you capable. Have a, you have to have a local maintenance man on standby. Yeah, my oh. my uh, father-in-law. <laughs> well, there you have it. So that's what family's for, I guess. All right. Spot, you want to welcome in a, a very special guest, a guy that... Please, oh, by the way, please keep us posted on it. That's the fun of bringing it up now. Yeah. You may think, like, that's boring. That's the setup. Well, the for setup the, is... If uh, there's ever any drama show oh, that so comes up of it, people know where it came from. By Friday, Sarah should be done. Yeah, by Friday, <laughs> Sarah should be done. When does she leave again? Tomorrow, Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. She leaves tomorrow. Yeah. I assume she's insinuating like she might not be back by the Super Bowl. <laughs> wow. That's oh. a major thing. I don't know. This is major. You're really like kind of sort of cavalier. And, and I say that, yeah, you're bringing it up on the air, but Rich has barely talked about it like off the air. So she, better, she better step it up. Like what you hear? Yeah. Of course you do. Want to hear more? Yes. Tune in to Cavino and Rich live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and catch them 24-7 on demand with the Sirius XM app. Stream or download now and don't miss a minute of the show. Cavino and Rich on Faction Talk 103.